You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My gram, blur, YouTube, blur Everything I do so blurred Bet you wish you so blurred Cosplay, blurred All day, blurred Everything I do so blurred Bet you wish you so blurred Bet you wish you so blurred Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blurred Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Welcome to Blur Vision, your window into the worlds of all things geek, movies, TV, or news. We talk about it, and this is three times in a row, so I'll say every week. It's your boy Jordan with... Jeffrey Rays. And bro, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to like get into... like We don't have any emails this week. Thank you for everybody for last week that did send in emails to have us come back, but... There's so much to talk about this week from Cobra Kai Season 5 dropped. We've got Rick and Morty Season 6 dropped. We've got D23 news. We've got, you know, the old faithfuls like uh, She-Hulk and uh, that other piece of crap. What was the other thing? Rings, of, uh, power. Rings, Rings of Power. Rings of Power. Yeah, power. And we got House of the Dragons. So we, we got, got a lot of good shit to talk about this week and some other shit. But but let's get right into it. Did you hear the excitement in my voice? Is that Does that sound yes. weird? Isn't that rare? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's very refreshing. It's very good yes. to know that you're excited for something. This is a week that we fans are eating good. This is the week that I get to say I told you so to anybody out there that says we're too negative or, oh my God, you guys just hate on everything. It's like, no, we have been just been shovel fed a mountain pile of mid shit for so long. I've forgotten what good shit tastes like. Good content is delicious, Jeff. <laughs> oh, yes. Like a delicious chocolate cake that, that sits in, that sits on the kitchen counter when it's fresh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get right into it. Let's let's and let's start with the good stuff because I'm feeling good. I want to I want to start on a high note. We'll go a little low. We'll go into the Valley of Mordor, as it were, and then we're gonna come out the D23 and be out. We're gonna try and keep it short and snappy. So let's get right into it. Cobra Kai season five. It's because there is beer, asshole. Cobra Kai now has more students than ever before. That means we'll need more senseis. I'm thinking a lot bigger than just the valley. Everything was supposed to be better after the tournament. It's only getting worse. I know how things can start out from nothing and get bigger and bigger until all you feel is hate. Want you guys to get along. We're all friends now. We're not friends. We never will be. Silver is dividing and conquering. If this continues, all that we have fought for will not even be memory. I need you to see which of my students are ready to take the next step. Dead. You really won't stop. You need to let me and Chosen handle this. It's the only way to make it all end. Fine. Handle it. And for those that don't know our rating system, I'm going to drop it here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system goes from poor vision to perfect vision in the middle there's passable and then you have less than passable and more than passable thank you catch upon let's give our non-spoilery thoughts because i mean this entire season just dropped and i want to talk about 
the two episodes we did see, the first two. Oh my um, god. Yeah, we'll get so it's really more of like a it's not a full season review. This is more like our first impressions and we're gonna do spoilers for the first two episodes and then we'll check back in next week with our audience and hopefully everybody's watched the full series by then and we can get a full review. But I mean this is highly anticipated for both of us. I mean we actually we were doing the podcast when we gave a rave review for last season, uh season four. Yeah. And that was the tournament. Terry Silver returned. Uh we got the, the amazing uh, rising uh, action of the camaraderie between uh, Cobra or not Cobra Kai, Eagle Fang and Miyagi Do. It's Cobra Kai. Forces. Eagle, yeah, well, Eagle Fang is just it's just Cobra Kai. They just couldn't use the Cobra Kai name. They're still it, Cobra Kai, no matter yeah, no matter what. But he's trying a, to be better than Cobra Kai. But he can't say he's Cobra Kai because trademark. Yeah, it's the Jedi version of Cobra Kai. <laughs> no, it's the gray Jedi of Cobra Kai. Take that, Star Wars fandom. Yeah, seriously, why does Cobra Kai have more nuance than than Star Wars these days? But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we got we got the 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 reformed gray Jedi Johnny with the the pure white uh, Jedi Johnny or uh, Danny joining forces to defeat Kreese and Terry. We got Terry Silver betraying Kreese. We got the insanely amazing fuck all of your. Uh, uh, Girl power bullshit, no strong female characters. We got that in spades in Cobra Kai. We don't need to force it with some bullshit agenda and making perfect female characters. No, we got Tori versus Sam in an epic climax that ended in, a, in the most, once again, fuck you, Star Wars, Last Jedi. You want to talk about, uh, 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 uh what's the, what's I'm looking for? Uh, uh, thwarting expect, uh, uh, subverting expectations. Right. We got them actually losing the tournament and not winning. Yeah. Which is still amazing because now in season five, not only are we dealing with repercussions of them losing, but we're dealing with Miguel um, and the fallout he had with Johnny and that heartbreaking, fucking heartbreaking scene in season four Bro. Where, he, where Johnny is drunk and says that he loves him and Miguel thinks he's talking to him, but he's actually drunkenly thinking he's that he's, he's Robbie. Oh, and when they replayed that in the previously on last season, like pre-roll for season five, it just I was it like, just ripped out your heart all over again. All over again. It's like, oh, oh, I put these emotions away. Yeah. I thought I was done. No, come back. No, no, come back. Feel this emotion all over again. It's an emotional toy box. He just opened up once again. It was like, here, take these feels. It's like, oh. So we got the the the. Uh, the story picking back up from Miguel going off to find his real father after being heartbroken by his his would-be new daddy, Johnny. Uh, and yeah, it's doing a thing that uh, so many CW shows don't do, which is actually, you know, have consequences and have a storyline that continues with some real earnest intrigue. And did they? I mean, they have everything to lose here. They were, for five seasons in, most shows get terrible after fucking three or two. But we're in five, so they have is... not been slacking, man. They really have not well, been well, slacking. That's the question. I'm gonna pass it on to you. Did this season so far, only two episodes in, only one hour of content, has this lived up to, exceeded, or failed your expectations? I already, yeah, I already know what I'm gonna give my rating for Cobra Kai. Um, are we giving? Do you want me to? Do you want it now or should? Oh uh, yeah, just give your general thoughts and your your rating. It's dude, straight up. Okay. <laughs> So, literally, we've been watching a lot of new content. A lot of new content lately. A lot and, of stuff. And we have not, like, had... We have not had the same... I have not felt the feeling that these first two episodes of Cobra Kai have given me 
<gasps> literally, compared, <laughs> literally compared to everything that I've been watching lately. You get, you get what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Watching Cobra Kai is literally like, it's literally, it's like, it's like, kick, it's like the song "Kickstart My Heart." It's like, Kickstart it's my heart. literally, literally in media form, and it's like, you're so used to like. The mund the mundane shit that you're just not enjoying anymore, and then Cobra Kai comes along and it's like literally like an injection dose, and it's like, oh yeah, the adrenaline, the adrenaline, oh hits. yeah, oh yeah, the adrenaline <laughs> hits, bro, and like, oh my god, literally, it, it, it's 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 like it's like being if if to use the analogy of like a desert, if Disney Plus shows water, uh, atmosphere, desert, yeah, so thirsty for good content. <laughs> It's like an oasis, and you see Cobra Kai there, like, oh my god, is this what nourishment tastes like? It's <laughs> I've delicious. Been, I've been drinking Hawkeye and <laughs> and Miss Marvel and and She Hulk for so long. I have been I, drowning in MCU mediocrity. I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten what good content tastes like. Yes. Oh, oh my, my god. god. No, seriously, Disney and fuck and like literally, like they need to take notes from Cobra Ugh. Kai because literally, Co- like Netflix is winning alone just with Cobra Kai, man. In terms of like quality television right now, facts. Like the storytelling is good, the character dynamics are like superbly fucking written, and it's like it's not afraid to push boundaries, break rules, and ha- and and have men be okay with their emotions at the same time and in mm. and literally the past couple of seasons of cobra kai they have talked about like they have talked about like modern day modern day issues and whatnot but yeah, they touch on stuff it's it's but it's sprinkled in there and it's and it's like even johnny even johnny uh in 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 the in this first episode he's saying he's talking about um being in mexico and, oh yeah, yeah, and, and finding and finding things that are offensive is like, hey, it's not offensive because we're in Mexico. That yeah. type, that type of thing. But it's like, it's so playful, and it's like the show. Not only that, it's always had strong male male characters, and and it's like, and it's not, and it's not at no one else's expense because there mm. are strong female characters in this too. Oh and, yeah, and they're just as good. They're just as great. And you love and you and you love them, man. It's because of the way that they're written, and it's like, it's it literally. I f- I feel like this is where we were last time we were finished with season four. We're like, dude, this yeah. is so good. It's yeah. so good. It's and like it's we, still, we we didn't miss a beat. Like it's like just like it's still like, good. It's visiting still an good. old friend. Like oh my god, you're just as good. <laughs> it's like Johnny Johnny Lawrence. Please come back into my home. You are welcome here anytime. Beers in the fridge. Please come inside. Son. And isn't that funny? Just like Johnny, he is unchanged. No, the world did not change Cobra Kai. No, none. No <laughs> Thank one. Thank you. No, not at all. No one in 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 that show is like neutered or has like become less a shell of themselves. It's like. Oh, like the only time we ever saw that that side from Johnny was literally in the first episode of Cobra Kai because he was a broken down shell of his former self. But then he found his fucking mojo again. And he started kicking ass again, and that's like, yeah. and it, it literally that's how amazing the character development is because that was how many years ago now? Yeah, it's crazy. It's called a well thought out and continuous arc. Yes. The consistency, like, is so on point, it scares me. So, what's your rating? Perfect vision! 
Perfect. <laughs> Perfect vision. Fa- I'm like fucking future. Fabulous. <laughs> I, I literally no no, Sen- no sensational. I, there you go. <laughs> yes, God, yes. Perfect vision for for Cobra Kai, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I'm just gonna tag on with you and just also echo that perfect vision, like without a freaking doubt. This is a textbook example of masterclass storytelling. Oh my it, god, it's, it drips with character, with heart. It makes. I was like, I was telling you, I was, I was freaking out watching the second episode of this thing. In one hour, and this is you can only perfectly just suppose this with what we experience in Rings of Power. We are now three hours into that series, but only in one hour of Cobra Kai season five, they were able to stack perfectly off of the mountain of amazing storytelling they had already done by even season four. But so by the time you get to season five, it's like a cherry on top of the emotional, like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, mountain that was built up like we were talking about with that Miguel and uh, uh, Johnny scene yeah. like again to compare to another show we're watching now She-Hulk there are things that they'll they'll touch on in the previously on She-Hulk build up that don't even get addressed in the episode that is, is about to play but yet Cobra Kai that, that's just a, that shows you how sloppy and unnuanced and Unwell thought out. That's not even a, that's not even a word. <laughs> but the lack of foresight and thought that goes into She-Hulk compared to some like Cobra Kai. When a full season back, it can tie a bow on the story it was telling from the end of that finale. Yes. So by the time you get to that second episode in, in, in Cobra Kai season five, I am bawling. I am cheering. I am having emotion, an emotional reaction in the way that I have not had since Avengers. I'm not, I can't even say Spider-Man No Way Home. I did not have the type of visceral... I wish I recorded it. It was embarrassing, but it fucking... It was the most visceral fucking reaction I've had since Avengers Endgame. And that took ten fucking years of build up to pay off to get me to that level but Cobra Kai did it in, in half the time yeah, it, well, in yeah five time. seasons in one hour it was able to go hey by the way you know all those motions you already had before boom experience it again time sin oh wait by the way here's a fucking amazing action scene on top of it that's and again it's like new I feel like Less skilled writers don't understand that it's not about the action. It's not about the spectacle. It's not about the, just the things you see on a surface level in the screen that makes you have those big emotional reactions. It's the small moments. It's the, it's the acting. It's the character beats. It's the, it's the long-form storytelling that something like Cobra Kai can... You don't get crying and cheering to nobody like in a room by yourself unless you've masterfully woven a, a, a story with arcs that have amazing emotional payoffs. Meanwhile, on Rings of Power, people like Gal- Galadriel have no emotions. So I, of course I can't fucking experience their emotional arcs that they go through. But... I have been following Miguel's story and his ups and downs with Johnny as a mentor and would-be father figure for so long. So when we get those payoffs in these first two episodes, I'm fucking crying. When we get those small beats between Robbie and 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 Johnny that have been again I cried. so well I earned. Dead yes. ass, I fucking you cried. You told me like you cried episode one, and I understand why because it was again. And again, I think I also have a very 
personal emotional stake in that storyline because I, like, like Miguel, I grew up without knowing my father. So a lot of the twists and the turns and the emotional ups and downs that he's got, been going through and even went through in the second episode of this and even first episode, I can relate to personally. But even beyond that, it's like so many small joking moments that make them feel human. So many things that 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 tie back so well to the nostalgia of the Karate Kid, cr- making characters like Terry Silver, who's a fucking shitty, but uh, uh, like like C tier third movie throwaway villain, has become the ultimate antagonist of the series, and it feels earned. If if it's I understand it, he feels like the most legitimate threat of the series, so it makes sense yeah. that you have like when I was talking about the Avengers moments, it's like seeing characters that have so much amazing nostalgia behind them, like like Chosen from Karate Kid 2. Bro, I was literally about to say, you want to talk about, like, villains getting redemption arcs? Dude, Bro. Chosen, Chosen is killing it. He is the Piccolo, he is the Vegeta of this series, whatever you want to call him. He is, like, seeing him interact with Terry Silver, I never knew I needed it so bad, and yet I fucking loved it. And, <laughs> like, and the lore building. Oh my god, the lore building between uh, all sides. Throw it's away. Throw away. Throw away lines from Karate Kid 3 talking about his like master Kim Song Young or whatever. That shit, that, that meant nothing in Karate Kid 3. They took that and was like, let's make that a whole fucking storyline. Let's use that to connect things like Chosen and Terry Silver. Let's have ways for Terry Silver to exemplify why he's such a conniving and smart villain. I'm like, yo, it's it's crazy how just good character writing can make you so invested in a fucking story. And I'm like, I'm looking at things like Rings of Power. I'm looking at things like She-Hulk. And I'm just like, how? How, Sway? How do you have so much money? You've got so much fucking, like, 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 like money and power behind you and influence. You're giving the kings to the kingdom and you can't do shit with it because you have no talent as writers. You're just activists, but yet you see the passion that goes into something like Cobra Kai every fucking season, every fucking episode, and in every fucking character. And you're just like, this is this is what we've been missing. This Literally. is what we've been talking about. If you're not watching Cobra Kai, I've seen some people be like, oh my god, Cobra Kai is so corny. It's like, shut the know, fuck up. It is not corny. It is when, like, it is, it's, it is amazing. You know what Cobra Kai is? And this is the same dumb motherfuckers. I don't mean to be mean. I feel like I, I'm, I'm coming off more and more mean every podcast. I'm, like, I'm not saying dumb motherfuckers at anybody in particular. I'm just saying the, the general sentiment of the person that's like, oh, Cobra Kai is corny, is the same motherfucker. Because this is people that critique me for liking Cobra Kai, whereas I'll diss She-Hulk. And they'll say things like, oh, but She-Hulk is fun. No, She-Hulk is stupid. This is fun. Fun. You call this corny? No, this is actually lighthearted. It's it's uh, heartwarming. It's it's wholesome. It's family friendly, and, and it's full of, of that, action at the same time. Exactly, and it's got the action, and it's got the nuance, and it's got the good characters, and it's got the great story, and it's got the amazing music, and it's got the the great editing. It's got all those things, motherfucker. It's so, it's as Miyagi has said: all things in life balance. Exactly. So this is a perfect vision if there ever fucking was one. Heck let's yeah. Get into, let's get into spoilers for the first two episodes. If you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing? Go go watch it. If you didn't go watch it from our, our rant about season four, I don't know what, what's going to convince you. But it is – I don't get this amped unless it's fucking great. 
and literally, I, bro, I I'm not exaggerating. Tears, cheering to no one in the room, literally. But the, the second episode was a roller coaster of emotion for me. After I, I'm so sorry, scoffed at you for crying in episode one. I'm like, oh, Jeff. Yeah, guys. In the so first I, episode, so I, what I a cr- bitch. And then- I, <laughs> no, so the, so this is the story. I cried at, at episode one, and I told Jordan. And Jordan doubts my emotions sometimes because I don't doubt your emotions. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But anyway, you, you experience some emotions a little bit harder than I do. So I was just like, how are you crying in the first episode? So I, I know what you're you question my I emotions. How dare you? I know and I understand what you're crying to. I'll just uh-huh. say that when we get into it. But go ahead. Yeah, he doubted me though. But then he found out for himself. He's like, no, Jeff was right. <laughs> Jeff was right. I was a fool. I was a fool. <laughs> he was a fool. But yeah, no, straight up, Cobra Kai is amazing, and it's like it's it's good quality television. Like literally, I cannot just I cannot express that enough like i mean talk about what you what you cried at let's let's start there so basically the entire pay so the whole thing with with johnny uh starts off with robbie johnny and robbie actually like go down to mexico to go find miggy um and literally um robbie had basically like johnny told him didn't tell him where they were going because they said it was basically he lied to him said it was going to be a road trip but it was to go and find miguel down in mexico and robbie actually wanted to go back home but he did. But uh, what ended up happen, happening was he actually decided to stay with his dad. And they even uh, they even got, in, got into a fight together. And, like, to see... Like, dude, after all the shit, after four years of seeing those two literally eat each other. Yeah. Back and forth. Will they, won't they be, be a happy father-son duo? <laughs> they were literally a, fa- a happy father-son duo. They kicked ass together. And it was beautiful. Literally, and then, and then on top of that, like I see, they're literally like chilling out on a beach in Mexico, and they're drink, and they're drinking, and they're drink, and they're having beers together, and it's be- it's a beautiful thing. It's like Johnny finally got to have that moment with his son, and that was like r- literally the first episode, and it's like I cried mm. at that shit. I did, um, and that's well, I just love. I just love the the dialogue too of just them talking about like Johnny feeling like you know he's always messed up and at that point he was even willing to let him go back like he apologized like yo I just I just didn't want to leave you there and I felt like this is my chance to actually repair things and you you did see throughout the episode like a lot of like really sweet little endearing like back and forth yes. father son moments but and that that yeah. that moment where he decides to like where Robbie decides to stay yeah rather than go is like no I I think. I know I can go, but I'd rather stay here with you. And I was like, it, that 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 killed <laughs> me, man. I get it. That I killed get it. me, man. Because it's like Robbie's had all this anger and frustration, and it's like that that hug at the end of season four actually meant something that he wanted to fucking like repair, like fix shit with his dad. Because and it's and it's fucking beautiful. And it's like he's actually like Johnny's still fucking up, but it's like Robbie's actually being patient, and it's amazing. Yeah, that, and that, again, every time Robbie's patient. And they they really touch on it in episode two with the the Johnny or the yeah the no the Danny of it all, but the the influence Danny's had on him, yeah. So his patience, like his his understanding of his dad, comes from those interactions as well. And I like seeing him like you know he went from the darkness of Cobra Kai back to kind of a balance. But I loved in episode two even when he they're doing the 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 hot pepper challenge or whatever in that restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And it felt did it feel like a callback to you of um uh Karate Kid 2 
when they were doing the ice breaking challenge in Japan. There was it that. Almost... There was that. Um, yeah, definitely that scene. Um, I was going to say another thing that it actually reminded me of was uh, a scene from Indiana Jones. I think it was like, yeah, I thought um, I, I think it was his wife, but she was in a bar and having 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 uh having shots in the middle of the bar and i think there were scorpions involved I oh well, that's deep cuts i, yeah. I, I assume yeah. if anything they're gonna be referencing their own shit i'm just <laughs> so saying I'm just, no well it's supposed to be 80s nuance too so it's like yeah yeah for sure yeah. but i feel like they literally did that already yeah. in karate Kid with but the, any, with the but, uh, yeah but yeah 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 so that's what kind of harking back to me but i love the beat where to to kind of go zen to be able to handle the heat of the chili he was uh, he does the Danny like Miyagi Do like like calming stance thing. Yeah. I though I didn't like it was weird. I liked it, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it when they took it back in the car ride and he was like, Oh yeah, I didn't actually even take that pepper. I It was I just lied. a distraction, bro. It was yeah. just distracting. But then I, I did like it's like, oh but I, I liked it because it was like a cool little like Danny Zinn gave him the ability to to get through the pepper challenge, nah. but then I liked it again because it's like no, but the Johnny in him is what allows him to cheat. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why Johnny was like, "That is badass balance." <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "All right, all right." And it was also kind of just like fl- conflicting in that episode because, um, what is it? Uh, oh, it felt a little conflicting because the whole theme of the second episode was like, "Don't cheat. Cheating is bad." But then. Robbie cheated, so, and it was framed as a good thing. So you I was like, also yeah. have to, you also have to remember what Chosen said: to know your enemy is to be your enemy. Mm, fair enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair enough. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take that. Actually, that's yes. actually a good explanation. Um, but yeah, like so, the all the little Robbie and and Johnny moments were. were it great. was all good. And even then, like the, the and FBI, then... like even, but it was like the nuance of the writing is so good that a a very Johnny joke of getting FBI t-shirts that were just like novelty shirts that were like, what was it like federal bureau of like girl investigate? It was like, it was some titty joke, but it was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. What, I, I forgot what it said, but yeah, basically it was a parody shirt that they were wearing that said, yeah, that said but, FBI on the front. And, but, and, and they, I was honestly worried they were going to get in more trouble than they did. Like I thought like guns were actually going to go off, but, Surprisingly, that didn't happen. This, this entire time. I mean, I was waiting. Jump, jumping forward when Miguel's dad does put that gun on the table, I was yeah. like, "Yo, shit, guys, so yo, real just now." I, I was scared. I was so scared for Miggy. I was like, wait, there's nothing actually happening, but he thinks there's something happening. So he's in like this mindset right now that's like, I'm in danger and I'm with this kid. So it's like, that's what's going on through freaking Hector's mind. It's like, fuck, the FBI are looking for me when it's like, that's not what's really happening. But now, yeah. he's, par- but now he's paranoid. So even so, even thinking about that, it's like, dude, you, you, actu- you actually like, they even, they managed the- even Hector's writing was good. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, bro. Yeah. I, I'm going to get to that next. But yeah, the what made, and this is why I get back to with the, like, to make a truly great story, everything's got to be banging on cylinders. So a character like Hector, and even the storyline of Miguel going to find his real father could have been handled in such a disappointing and underwhelming and even, like, cheesy way. Like, 
so when they even first open up with him trying to find his, his dad, and then he you know encounters the dudes that are trying to steal money from whatever. No, he found like, Kano from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He found Kano is Kano is in the Karate Kid now, kids. Yeah, but they they, they add a little layer of like menace sure. to it where you're yeah. not sure if the guy is going to be more violent like oh is he going to be like a cartoon level criminal where he's just going to beat this kid up right away it was like no he's just a normal level of criminal where he's like I'm taking your money but I'm not going to take all your money come on I'm not an asshole like that and he lets go off but it's like it just notches the tension up a little bit then when Miguel goes into the 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 bar to find who he thinks is his father and the guy's like a He's what I imagined he would be, which is this cartoonish, like, kingpin of crime type of deal where it's, like, every, like, seedy Mexican lowlife thug is like, oh, that's that's who I envisioned when they were talking about the bad father. <laughs> and even, like, that. It's, oh, dale, Megito. Yeah, he's got, that guy even has real menace to him. So it's like, yeah. it could have been, like, CW. Think, think if this was a CW show. Oh, and how cheesy and corny that scene would have come off. But because that guy's a good actor, because that scene is directed by someone with some actual talent, because Miguel can react because he's also a good actor, it made actual tension, actual menace. When he started throwing hands, I got a little scared. I'm like, yo, I, we don't know how dangerous these guys are, Miguel. Calm down. We don't, we don't, we don't know. But even he's like, let him go. And it's like, the, it keeps ratcheting up the tension more and more. It's like, all right, well, now I don't know where you're going if that wasn't even the guy who is going to be the father. Then when he just co- coincidentally, oh, yeah, turns out I met his father, or I met my dad right behind me while I'm going to call my mom. Oh, shit, random as fuck. <laughs> it's like, well, that could be a little corny. Even when he saves the his father's would-be son, you think, oh, well, that's kind of convenient. He just happens to save his kid at the very perfect time to then co- coincidentally get taken to back to his house to have dinner just to learn more about him and, you, and then you're, you're kind of being lulled into this like all right well now this is kind of like this does feel a little bit more cw this does feel a little more like oh well this is kind of what i expected now maybe it's gonna be a thing where johnny and his dad have like a bit of like like competition where it's like oh well my dad's actually nice and maybe now we're gonna have like a johnny versus miguel's new dad kind of like rivalry but then it's like nah Flip the whole script using what you thought was a fucking joke with those FBI shirts to have that be the motivating factor for when they're looking for Miguel in in uh, his father's club or fight club or whatever it was. It's a fight club. With first rule of yeah. fight club, we don't talk about fight club. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and even that when he was like, "How do we go from dinner to I'm being invited now to your fight club?" Like, okay, this is this is a little weird. Uh, but it's it's just raising questions, but the tension's still there. But then when they come in looking for him and they're wearing the FBI shirts, like you said, that's when it's like, a, oh shit, he's he is more than what he's letting on because now he's scared. Now you can see, and they don't ever really even say exactly what he did. But you can kind of piece it together from how everybody's moving about. It's like, oh, he is on some bullshit waves. And that, he's such a good actor. When yeah. he was warm and charismatic, I really felt warm from him. I really felt like, oh, he's a, that's why I believe yeah. it. That's why I believe it. Like, oh, we're going to do like, that's a, what I'm talking he's a nice about. guy. The, the dynamic yeah. was, was total 180. And it, like, it, was so, it was so smooth. and It was like so organic, the way that it happened. They and even like, made the lighting of the club dark to make him more imposing, and it worked so well. It's like, oh, shit, you're a different guy. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Bro, and, like, even just the fact that, like, he suspects Miggy of, like, being in with the FBI at the time. It's just, like, 
that just that just showed everything. It's like, dude, that's supposed to be your dad, and he thinks you're 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 a narc or something. That's yeah, like, and they never so, it's it's more effective because they never push it to the level where it's like he goes full, like like cartoonish criminal. Where it's like he turns against his son, and now he's like, "Yeah, I don't give a fuck about you, son." It hurts more that they never, he never came out and told him that he was his son, and just just by seeing the real side of his father, he realized. And and you're there with Miguel, putting it together like this is not the father I wanted. This is not the father figure I was looking for. This is this is not where I want to be. This is not where I was. I thought what would make me whole. This is not it. And it's like, oh, it hurts so much seeing that all happen in Miguel's head. And it's not even said. You just can see it. It's like, oh, Bro, the heartbreak. You know what? You know what broke my heart? When he sees um, Hector's little boy, who, who his, his, his baby, his baby's my baby mama's little boy. Yeah. And comes and runs up to him. And he thinks he has a little brother. That yes. Shit, that shit killed me the minute that hector says like oh it's she he's not mine he's from another marriage that killed me bro yeah that it's killed. all those little like oh you're kind of a dick oh you're really a dick oh you're a yeah. asshole <laughs> shit just kept escalating it's like bro the red flags yeah. are all there mickey it's like no it's yeah. like that don't Oh, uh, though at first again i like again because they kind of lull you into it i was like miguel you're a little stalkerish right now like you're over here like hey hey little kid uh what's your name i'm like all right calm down <laughs> calm down miguel <laughs> but just the the way they pay it off is so oh my god and it's again that when he goes back because at first he when he called his mom before he found out all that stuff about his his would-be father he was like you lied to me like how could you and it's like you don't know the full story yet. So then when he calls her back after he, you know, sees what his dad's really like, and he just says like, "I'm so sorry, mom. I started wait, when when Miguel cries, I cry. Yo. So that's when I start crying." Yo. <laughs> and then it's like the domino effect when it when the camera pans and you hear Miguel, and it's Johnny, and again no words, but just. You just, you just experience pure emotion. Emotional, Emotional damage. damage. <laughs> oh my god! It's like because it, all that emotion that you just experience seeing what a bi- even though he's your biological father, that he might have been your father, Miguel, but he wasn't your daddy. No, <laughs> but Johnny was your daddy, and he's there. He came all the way to Mexico for you, and it's like oh, and then. And then it's not it's not done yet. It's like, oh, that knife in, the, in your side. Oh, I'm twisting those emotions. That hurts, huh? Hey, guess what? Now Miguel's going to see Robbie. Oh, now what? How does that feel? Like, oh, and now I'm, I'm mixed emotions. I don't know how to feel about this. Cause it's like I want them all to be happy. And I know they hate each other. And oh, my God. And he's the reason he's upset in the first place. Ah! No, I think that I th- honestly, I think that this is going to be um, I haven't we haven't finished the season, but honestly, <laughs> Go, just just off of speculation, I think this is going to be the season um, where these two finally like bury the hatchet, and where it's like Danny and jo- Danny and Johnny were able to, went through like four seasons so they could finally learn to fight with each other. So I think this is finally going to be the season where Mickey and uh, mm. and uh, shit Robbie are going to put their differences aside and learn to like fight together for the sake of yeah. their dad and then Johnny's going to have his two sons this se- this season. At least I'm hoping so. I'm expecting And again, I- and again the amazing story, the story building. 
yeah. that it's it's only because I think we speculated about this last season. It's only because of Johnny's character growth can he help Miguel and Robbie be at peace. Like him and Daniel had to be at peace. Like right. again, it's just storytelling that stacks, storytelling that makes sense. It all fucking works. Let's talk about chosen. Talk about oh. shit that works. Oh Bro. my god! <laughs> I'm gonna let you talk for a little bit because I feel like I've just been ranting. <laughs> Go ahead. How did you How did you feel about how they've been handling Chosen so far this season? Dude, honestly, um, I love what they're doing with Chosen. I actually remember a long time ago there was this uh, there was this like spoof video out on YouTube, and it actually had the actor who plays Chosen in it, um, with the actress who played uh, I think her name was Ray from Karate Kid Part 2 when they were in Okinawa. Dan- okay. Daniel's love interest. They did something like years like years later, uh someone got together and they and they made like this spoof video of, of them in their in their characters. And like that was like the last time I ever saw Chosen. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. like I was I never thought that in Cobra Kai we would have Chosen back. And um I didn't the- think he'd be a main character after his little cameo in last season. I thought it was yeah. gonna be like a one off thing. Yeah, so did I, honestly, but I'm glad. I honestly, it was a big surprise that they decided to bring him back at the end of season four. So I was actually really happy about that. Yeah. Um, and like the, that left the door wide open for uh, Miyagi Do to come into America. And my, what my expectation was that um, Daniel was going to ask Chosen to represent Miyagi Do instead of him, because technically the bet between them and Terry Silver last year was that if Cobra Kai won the tournament, then Danny and Johnny couldn't teach teach or be senseis anymore. Right. So technically, technically in the clause, Daniel could have chosen be the set the head sensei of Miyagi Do if he wanted to. Yeah, I was surprised that not how the season started. I was surprised when he actually did disband Miyagi Do. Johnny, I mean, I mean, uh, Danny. Daniel, yeah. Honestly, I was surprised about that too. I was like, I was expecting a little bit more of a fight, but you know what? I guess. Uh, Daniel's just like he's trying to. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Well, by, I like by... that Daniel's gone on full like like because of the tr- trauma as a villain Terry Silver left on him. Yeah, he's gone full tilt into like I'm Karate Batman mode and I need to take on this fight myself. I'm oh not my god, the kids anymore. It's just so Terry Silver like... is the bane of this story. Kinda, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I broke Daniel's son. Yeah. So he has chosen going on a freaking uh, undercover mission to get close to Terry Silver. So it's like a villain versus villain thing. Oh my How god! How do you defeat a villain with another villain? <laughs> that mean that makes chosen Azrael. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, literally, literally, that's amazing. I just made like I just thought of that. He is kind of like an avenging angel. He's, yeah, he's a he's a devil fighting on the side of angels. Literally, <laughs> literally, like dude, no, cho- chosen, chosen's like oh my god, his it's- intensity is is hilarious too like i love that first joke where he's like we gotta cut off terry silver's head and he pulls out size and he's like i didn't mean literally he's like these are not, not for, for cutting he's for stabbing and gouging, gouging. and <laughs> it's like oh okay oh. it's like yes chosen oh just the fact that like his wife calls him the okinawa assassin that you need to put that shit on a t-shirt man yeah. the okinawa assassin that's great <laughs> but those scenes like between Terry Silver and uh, Chosen, like just getting to know each other, were like that, that's why I, I think about what I'm saying uh, Avengers, because just like when Tony Stark and Captain America would speak to each other, and I got this like this weird low level like visceral level of like excitement. 
I get the same thing when Chosen and Terry Silver are talking for some reason. It's like, yeah, talk your shit, Terry Silver. Talk your shit to him, Chosen. It's like, <laughs> just their interactions are gold. I know, yo. It's like characters interacting that like you would only think would be able to interact with. So it's like, because people used to talk about that. It's like, what if Chosen fought, fought Johnny or what if Chosen fought Terry Silver? Those are the questions that fans of uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai asked themselves for decades and now it's like it's finally happening on screen so goodness knows if maybe we'll see a fight against chosen and johnny because like people that's something that people were always clamoring i don't for. think that's gonna happen i feel like chosen oh it's like a they, need, they would need a reason yeah they would need a reason to fight no yeah. but here's the thing if they i think they would do it like the way that they did daniel versus johnny last year they probably have a thing set up in the backyard in the miyagi Do. oh yeah it's like a spar yeah. maybe I guess yeah yeah well no it's like an actual match like oh I can see those two feuding at some point. I really would love to see that fight happen. Just like as long, I, I really, gonna... I, I almost feel like Johnny's gonna think he's a badass. I oh, feel yeah. like he's just gonna be like, "You're awesome." Yeah, <laughs> you I hate was... you. You fought Danny. I fought Danny. Fuck that guy. <laughs> like, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that interaction, bro. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. It's, it's gotta like, be. It's gotta it, happen. The... He's he's too much man for Johnny not to think is awesome. Like, and that's what that's what like the hallmark of great characters is when you can like. You know their characteristics enough that you can kind of guess how they'll interact. But, and then you put characters together that maybe you didn't think would work well together. But when you pair them and you have, and you're, you're, they're being handled by really good writers, it makes so much sense why they'd be paired. Example Tori and Chosen. I didn't know I needed that pairing. But seeing Tori being trained by Chosen and the it, the the reasoning makes so much sense with honor being the whole theme and it's like I, honor is everything. And, and you know you what it re- you know what it reminds me of? What? Karate Kid Part Four. What? What? Mister Mi- Mister Miyagi. Oh oh a, yeah, and yeah, fe- yeah yeah And a female student. That True. dynamic. Yeah. Boom. But, ba- but badass. The badass yeah. version. But, but, well. <laughs> hey, well, Mister Miyagi is a badass. Like. Move, well, I mean, I, I mean, like he wouldn't say gouging, stabbing, kind of badass. I mean, that well, kind of. No, well, okay, okay, it's like, granted, it's granted, like granted. Dark, okay, yeah, dark, dark, Karate Mr. Kid Four, <laughs> dark, dark Mr. Miyagi. Okay, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, I and I like you. that he's the one that gave Tori the motivation to stand up to Silver, and they even the fact they even had that conversation so early in the season. And but even she stayed. Ta- but she stayed. Why? Well, I mean, she's also a person that right now feels like she doesn't have anyone else. I mean, she's mm. burned every other bridge. Like, no one else is her friend. She feels like no one else is on her side. I feel like what, what's going to bring her out of Cobra Kai is Kreese. Eventually, Kreese yeah. gets out of prison. Yeah, I was also going to say, I think that this season, like, I feel like if... Here are some predictions I have, because I already said that I think that Robbie and Miguel are going to hash out their shit. I think yeah. that potentially Tori and uh, Sam could hash out their shit because they've already had like two big fights. So, and, and, and Tori's already like reeling from like what's been going on between her and Sam and her mom. And I feel, so I'm not saying they're going to be best friends, but I'm saying like, they'll be able to like work their shit out. And one prediction I have is that those two will actually get to fight together this season that's that's one prediction that i have we'll make that second prediction that i have the third one honestly um i would love to see this i doubt it's gonna happen but it's a stupid little prediction that chosen and johnny could actually get into a drinking contest a drinking contest yeah honestly because it's like chosen's chosen's having drinks with terry silver and johnny likes to drink so it's like i think like just for funsies the yeah. writers would probably write in a in a, a drinking contest between chosen and fucking johnny also because 
I know that Mr. Miyagi was a drinker back in Karate Kid. He loved his he loved his liquor. They did so, make it a, a plot point that I thought was so well done that him just saying the wrong drinking phrase is what teed off Terry Silver to knowing that yeah. he was lying about the like his whole connection to his Korean master and stuff yeah. like that. Like it's so so layered. And like the fact that they made that such a big deal about that, I could maybe see them bringing back the drinking thing. Yeah. But then on serious. top of that, two things you talked about, I want to touch on the 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 Sam and Tori of it all. I love that again. Consequences. It seems like right now the plot point for Sam is that she's still reeling from that loss and trying to like go over in her mind how to like get over it. Yeah. And it, and I'm curious where it goes because I was even a little annoyed with her when she called Miguel and did kind of make it about her loss. When yeah, he was out she there did. Trying to find his yeah, dad. she did. And they made a note about it. Again, good writing. They know that's not a good thing. So they point it out, and it's not treated like a good character or, or, or a neutral character beat. It's a, it's a flaw, and we're yeah. probably going to follow with that later. So, I, again, at, the difference between a She-Hulk thing, where I know they're not going to fix her character flaws, and a Cobra Kai thing is how they treat it within the story, and then also my experience knowing how good these writers are i know they don't put things out there for no reason so it's probably going to come back and talking about chosen wrap it up that f- that roller coaster of emotions episode two went from the fucking sobbing and cheering of of uh the whole miguel and robbie and johnny of it all to that chosen fight when Terry finds out that he's like trying to Bro. go undercover and he has all of the masters fight Chosen at once. Oh my god. Talk about talk yo shit when Chosen turns to Terry is like, now we draw a line. I'm like, oh, he's a badass. <laughs> Everyone's gangster until Chosen shows up. Oh my god. That was so cool. Dude. Just- Masterful storytelling. Literally, that's what made that scene so bad. Literally, oh my god, and, and good editing in the fight too. I like the literally. Fight. <laughs> it's like Chosen's a perfect example. Chosen is a perfect example of both a uh, a villain's redemption yeah. and not and also being able to have a strong male character who's also been reformed. Chosen has like somewhat pacified himself but not to the extent that like it hurts his character because you've seen him in in season in season three when daniel went back to okinawa he's able to have you thought he was like dead serious same fucking person but it's like no chosen has chosen has a sense of humor now and he has found peace within him within himself but he was he's found a wisdom that not even daniel possesses literally and it's like he's the perfect example of, of a strong character that's like he he has found enlightenment and he has found inner peace, but it doesn't like neuter his character at all. No, and so, it's again when we start talking about the other shows that are just mid, like it, the character writing in this cannot be understated. It is mm-mm. you keep talking about strong male characters, and yeah, it's when this shit is done right, you, you don't even think about it as strong male characters. You don't, female you don't, characters. because that's it's how just, it should be. Yeah, it's just strong characters. So like, yeah. I, I'm watching this. And everything just makes sense. I'm not looking at anything they do as like toxic masculinity. These these men have a full range of emotions. They have a full set of like strengths and flaws. There's a range of characters, some good, some bad. Even the bad ones you understand, and the good ones even aren't all good. I, I, for example, I think that Daniel is going to go on a different, some kind of downward spiral this season. Just from seeing, they haven't even like like really dug into it to make you like go like, oh, clearly he's. But but just from how like for example 
small moments. Chosen seeing the nervousness in Daniel before he went to the dinner with Terry Silver. And he's just like, you're nervous, Daniel, son. And it's like, you can see the trauma that Terry Silver had on Daniel still affects him. PTSD. Yeah, he has PTSD. And like, Mm. just in his character choices, you can see that he is going through something. Him him shutting down Miyagi-Do, him going into Karate Batman mode. You can see the seeds of what's going to become an issue for his character in the season. And that's not a problem. It's not a, when it when it's done well and it makes sense, you can go on those downward spiral arcs for characters because I know and I have faith in this story that the ultimate point of it is not just to diminish a man to lift up a woman. It's to go on a journey with these characters, all of them, male or female. And at the end of those journeys, all of these characters, for better or worse, will have a full character arc. And that's what so much of the modern fucking bullshit is missing. Characters are just flat. The acting is flat. The people that sh- people that aren't passionate about the things they're writing about are put in these positions. Actors that don't even know shit about the source materials are put in these positions. Directors, directors that have no idea, have never read a book or re- or read a comic or whatever, are. Who are activists first are put in these positions, and you can see it, you can feel it. And this series, I think, is the best fucking example in a single bottle. Like that—that this is it. Like compare this to She-Hulk. It's night and day. It's, there's no comparison. absolutely no fucking compare. And I'm sure She-Hulk costs a bajillion dollars more than yeah. fucking Cobra Kai. Yeah. A million billion, bro. A yeah. zillion billion trillion dollars more. Literally. And Literally. yet, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> this is priceless by comparison. Shit that makes you walk away feeling better about the world, about yourself, about your place in in in, in your life. It makes you reflect on your own relationships. And how you can be a better person. That that's what storytelling is at its fucking best. And Cobra Kai makes me remember that. <laughs> I have Thank to get you, it out Cobra now. Kai. Thank yeah. you for your wonderful storytelling. Never change. Never <laughs> fucking change. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, I have to get it off my chest now before we get into the Oh, the other shit. Um let's let's continue the good vibes for a little bit. Let's let's jump into um Let's go to Rick and Morty before jumping into House of, House of the Dragon. Aw, oh, jeez, Rick. Yeah, we're going to just keep going on this high horse for a little bit. Uh, I don't have much to say about Rick and Morty because we don't talk about it regularly on the show, but no, Rick and don't. Morty, Season 6, ep- Episode 1. Time to kick ass. Going to need a soundtrack. Ship, favorites playlist, track 1. Do not move. Do not move. Rick, are we about to die? No, we're about to vanish from this reality. That's totally dying. No, it isn't. There's an shooting people what am i doing it's a small group of alien terrorists just do a die hard what does that mean sneak around use air vents you've never seen die hard i'm 17 no i've never seen die hard well neither did the guy in die hard so you're nailing it human shield you said it you said the thing i thought you were doing um dude that shit was weird what <laughs> see okay are you like a you're not a huge rick and morty fan i guess i'm like i am i'm a casual rick and morty viewer like yeah. i have not seen it it's in its entirety i know things about rick and morty and i have indulged myself in a few episodes of rick and morty but i'm just saying the last time that i watched rick and morty i think it was the 
I forget, probably like season three or four finale, Rick is like uh, in a prisoner ship off into space, and Nine Inch Nails is playing in the background. That's like I'm the last I'm pretty thing. sure that's the season three uh, premiere, which was the best premiere of the series, up until maybe this one. So this is actually like top tier Rick and Morty season premieres. I would say it's probably the, if not the best, I would say it's at least the second best. I'd say it's the second best for sure. Yeah, so like I'm like a little bit lost in the timeline. <laughs> nah. but, but, uh, but um, literally. So I'm, you didn't see the finale of last season? No, I did not see it. Oh my god! So you didn't get the evil Morty climax reveal? I, he- I heard, I heard. Like, oh my yeah, god! I, I heard about it, but I didn't know how it ended. So like now I'm just seeing the aftermath of all that chaos. And okay, I'm, so yeah, so I'm I'm a somewhat. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore Morty fan, but I have seen it all, and I am a big fan. All I my friends, all my friends love Rick and Morty. All my, almost all my friends love Rick and Morty. Okay, it's funny. Rick and Morty is actually like I think theme wise for this podcast, talking about this makes sense because I feel like Rick and Morty was one of the first fandoms that got the very mainstream toxic label, and I at its best. Yeah, you didn't remember. You don't remember that? You looking no. at your face. No. Wow. No. No, honestly, bro. The the no Szechuan idea. sauce Rick and Morty incident. You don't know about that. Wait. Everybody going I, crazy I, about the Szechuan sauce and so, hang fans on. going crazy and stuff. I was, was going to say, I always thought that I always saw the Szechuan sauce thing just as like a running gag for the show, but like the fact that it actually like made McDonald's bring back the Szechuan sauce and then everyone started making their own Szechuan sauce after that. That yeah. that was like, it was always like an impactful thing, like like for uh, yeah. from the Rick and Morty fan base. But I didn't know anything about its toxicity. Oh, that's when people started calling it a toxic fan base because that was when it was at the height of its like Ricky Mortiness and like people were squealing in McDonald's like ah give me a Szechuan sauce and I, there was a bunch of news articles about it and like so for okay so from my perspective that was the first time I saw mainstream media calling fans or fandom toxic so from there i feel like the toxic label started becoming more applicable to or more applied to all fandoms um but that being said i feel like rick and morty at its best is just fucking amazing at its worst it does devolve into like the fart and poop and dumb stupid like like almost like cringe or offensive humor for the sake of being cringe or offensive um i feel like season five was a mixed bag of that like, the best episodes were some of the best, like the finale, and some of the episodes, like the Incest Baby and shit like that, was like it, the worst the series has ever been. Yeah, it's stupid. Ew. Just dumb. And, oh, but you know what? You know who was one of the writers of that fucking hit or miss season? Who? Guess who was a writer, Jeff? Oh, God. Oh, the head God. writer is She-Hulk. They no took a girl. Shit. They were like, hey, we need a, a female writer for She-Hulk because we're activists now. Uh... Hey, who was a female writer in Rick and Morty? Let's just grab one of the female writers. And it makes you realize, like, clearly she wasn't one of the best writers. She was just a female writer on that series. <laughs> but that being said, so it all kind of ties together what we talk about on a weekly basis. Um, and the finale season five was fucking amazing. Like, probably, if not the best, I would actually say that was the best series finale or season finale of Rick and Morty. And for this to be the second best season premiere. Like, this is a strong, like, if that was Infinity War, this was almost like an end game in terms of its, like, narrative conclusion. And, mm. like I was saying, the best Rick and Morty are, is, are the stories that have a strong tie to the narrative, like the actual main story of Rick and Morty. Right. And you missed the last ep- the finale, so you, like, it was finally teased 
a lot of what Rick's backstory was after five seasons. So for this episode, they just full on go into it and explain exactly how it happened and who this Rick is and what his relationship is to the rest of his family. And thematically, though, this hits so many great elements of like what it means to be a family. And in this case, it doesn't matter if you're different versions of a family from different parts of the multiverse. It's not about that's not what makes you a family. It's about your shared experience and your growth and your growth together. And it's like for Rick and Morty to be kind of beautiful. I thought this episode, like the, the moments with calling back all the way to season one with Morty's, uh, the, the, the universe that was turned to Cronenberg monsters. And we get to revisit his father from the first dimension of season one. That was like, again, you don't watch all the episodes, but they, they, at one point, they they revisited that that world like two seasons back, and they inadvertently, according to this episode, killed the daughter and the mother, and only he was left for so for the son to come back again. And he's like, I'm done. Like I hate you, and I hate everything. I'm I'm alone in the world, and I have nothing left. But it's made him such Ice a cold. a deeper character, and for Morty to actually like to have real emotions and cry about actually ruining his father's life in this world and for like the line just to show how impactful it is the line where jerry tells morty is like oh but we can make it better like we can fix this like i can take you to another world where everybody's alive and it's gonna be okay like he's trying to solve the the issue he caused and jerry's like oh am i cool enough for you am i cool enough for you now i only had to lose fucking everything like Lines like that that are so real in a comedy. You see, and again, I want to talk about this this week because of She-Hulk, where She-Hulk is a straight-up comedy, but there's no weight to it whatsoever. Rick and Morty is an incest baby-having comedy. Comedy at its most comedy. But not only am I laughing at the actually funny jokes, but because there are funny jokes, but there's a plot with characters that I care about and they have they sneak in like like in Thor Ragnarok they can sneak in these little lines here and there that have so much character, so much weight and so much story value that fucking hit me in the feels. When Morty cried cuz he failed his father, I didn't cry, but I I felt that shit. I'm like that's a real moment in a comedy. The fuck? <laughs> and you can have all those like Avengers Endgame jokes where like they're dying in the beginning of the episode and they get saved by uh, clone Beth, who's basically a Captain Marvel stand-in, and you have those like nerdy jokes like that, and it's all great and it's all fun, but there are moments of like real character and heart there, and it's like, again, how are these? How is this cartoon comedy a better comedy and a better drama than She-Hulk? How, Jeff? <laughs> so perfect vision. That's my rating. What did you think of the episode? Um, I would definitely give it like, I can't, I can't give it perfect vision just because like I'm not like as emotionally invested as Rick and Morty, but I would definitely say that it's um more than pa- more than passable in my more passable is fair. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just just because it's just because it's like I I have a different set of eyes when it comes to Rick and Morty, so I'm kind of like seeing it through like my my own lens. But um, it's I gotta give the cartoon credit for the fact that it's not cookie cutter and it's not just like it's one of those not one of those cartoons where it's like they hit the reset button every episode or every season and it's like it's always yeah. like yeah. sometimes they do that's the yeah, problem yeah, yeah, when yeah. they do <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause that's what i'm used to with like my my comedy cartoons like this because yeah. it's like because i'm so used to like uh 
I guess, fa- yeah, like, stuff like Family Guy, stuff like The Simpsons, where it's, like, it's very, like, linear, and it's, like, there's no real, like, continuous type type of thing, and that's where you're used to. But Rick and Morty, it's an entirely different ballgame. It's basically, like, it's, it, it's, it, to me, Rick and Morty has always been, like, Back to the Future on acid. Oh, Literally. for sure it is. Literally. I mean, it is. It's Back Literally. to the Future. It's, Literally. It's uh, Doctor Who. It's, it's all those things. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. I was going to say, the one scene that actually made me fucking uncomfortable to watch was uh, that fucking, that little triangle thing with the smiley face in the fucking cage. Oh, I, the end? God. I'm Mr. Frungles. No! Get away I'm from Mr. me! Frungles! Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, holy shit. I was, was like, terrified. Like, but like, that's the shit that's so brilliant. It's, it's dumb shit like that. That's like a weird existential, like... I don't know, a Cthulian horror, Lovecraftian monster fear. Like, a thing that... In, it's like a, almost like a zombie virus that infects no. things instantly. No. And everything becomes it. Blow and it all, all up. Together. blow it all up. <laughs> it was so good, though. They're, they're like, maybe we can fix it. They look back, and the whole world becomes Mr. Frungles. And they're like, well, that was it. <laughs> we can't that was that. worse than a zombie movie for me. That was worse oh, than a zombie Oh, so much movie. worse. That was far, that was horrifying. But see, I guess you don't have like the because a lot of this was like continuity and lore building in a way that the show usually doesn't. Right. So like it was harkening back and making so many references to other things that had happened in the series. So even at the end where they go to the other dimension and kill or like everybody in that dimension like as a version of them has died, so they take their place. Like the fact that they had already done that, but with Rick and Morty back in season one, but now. They're doing it with the whole family. It's like again, story story building. It's it's stacking. Like now it's like the family is all in on it together, and like they've bonded more in a way that like even Jerry, the the revelation that Jerry wasn't the original Jerry, and that was like a throwback to like season two or something. That before. is so confusing though. Like that's so much time. That's so much multiversal fucking like. He said it was deep cuts. He was like, oh my God. He was like, wait, you're from different universe? He was like, oh, the Jerry Burree. Oh, deep cuts. <laughs> he disappeared. Bro. I was like, what? <laughs> the, it, this shit, this whole episode made my brain hurt. Just with like all of the multiversal shit that was going on. It's so timey-wimey. It makes me do mental gymnastics. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But it's rewarding because like for me who has seen it all, like that is a deep cut. And it, and, oh, here's the thing. Speaking once again that the writers of She-Hulk or the head writer of She-Hulk wrote for Rick and Morty, that kind of like self-referential breaking the fourth wall joke of like, oh, deep cut. They do that with She-Hulk, but in a way that like when Rick and Morty says, oh, deep cut, it's not, it doesn't feel like an unwarranted pat on the back of like a bad writer being like, oh, look how good of a writer I am. It's like, no, that legitimately is a deep cut. You got to go back to season two and watch J- Jerry Burree and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, that was him the entire time. And then you realize that callback is them season two. Like the world he went back to is them from season two. That's why they're all super assholes to each other. And seeing how Jerry after going through the divorce, after going through all the things he's gone through since season two to now, standing up for himself is like such a layer, like, oh my God, he has had character development since that episode. So it's so it's not, it's not even like you feel cheapened by like, oh, it's not the same Jerry. It's like, no, this is Jerry. That guy, who cares? He's a different version of Jerry we don't actually care about, even though he was the original. That being said, with the She-Hulk, there was a moment in the last episode where She-Hulk, they break the fourth wall, and it's, 
it was before the trial, and She Hulk turns to the camera and goes like, "Oh, the A and B plot connecting." Uh, she makes some joke about like, "Oh, wait," like she she like does like a thumbs up, like, "Ooh, yeah. that's good writing," kind of thing. And it's like, no, that's just basic writing. <laughs> that's writing one hundred one. Of course, if you didn't connect your A and B stories. Why are they A and B stories? You just have two completely unrelated things happening at the same time. Like that's not like a pat yourself on the back. Like oh, oh, the A and B stories are connecting. It's like no, that's some like th- that makes me roll my eyes because like you aren't a good writer and you're patting yourself on the back for doing the most basic. Like that just that screams to me you're a bad writer when you pat yourself on the back for doing the most basic writing shit. No, <laughs> but the exact line from that episode was like connecting the A and B plot point, nice, and then nice. Then, like, that's yeah. it, nice. That was no, really it. it was the most sarcastic, nice. nice. It was the most sarcastic, nice though. So it's like I couldn't even tell if Jen in that moment was like being sarcastic or was actually being serious because it kind of did feel like backhanded, like you know, like how she usually is. So it's like maybe she's actually talking to the person who. No, no, yeah. that was the writer kind of patting oh, themselves on the back, man. like going like, "I was able to do it, guys. I connected them." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and also you connected them in the worst fucking way. So who the fuck cares? Anyways. But all that being said, like, this, is, anyways. this shows you the difference between good writing and mid writing. So all all of that, like, just the and and then the the cherry on top of again, even in this comedy, there are mo- there's more connective tissue from A to B, more storytelling and more consequence. Because from the last season, uh, Evil Morty basically breaks the portal device. So now Rick can't portal anywhere anymore. So you can't just instantly open a portal with another dimension. So that's why they have to do all that crazy, like going into the rift and using a spaceship and all that stuff. So basically, they're going slightly lower sci-fi tech. But the fact that it carried over from last season and then... Not only when he tried to reset it, did it not work, but it opened up the backdoor true villain of the series, who is the original Rick that made our Rick become Rick in the first place. And then you find out that that Rick is Morty's actual Rick. And it sounds confusing when I say it, but that's that's how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Money on this car. But again, that, that even that character beat of like, he's not my grandfather. Like he biologically is my grandfather, but he's not the one that raised me. He's not the one that taught me to be like, you know, an independent space traveler. You are. So I don't care about him. I care about you. And it's like, damn man, again, this comedy has more heart, more character than anything in, in Rings of Power or She-Hulk. How? How, Sway? How? <laughs> Seriously, man. It's like, there used to be a time where it's like, when you were making episodic television, everyone was always competing to make good quality television. And it was supposed yeah. to be... Everything was accessible to everyone. No matter what. Because like that was always the goal, was to like get as many viewers as possible. And with most modern media that I'm sensing, like given the fact that like I've consumed so much television in the past couple of weeks... It like it really does feel like they're only they're only targeting half half an audience and not everyone as a whole. It's not accessible to everybody. Everyone likes to make the argument. It's like, oh, if you don't like the show, then it's not for you. But it's like we grew up in an era where like there were like shows that were made for girls that even the guys could enjoy. Sailor like, Moon, baby. <laughs> yeah, Sailor Sailor Moon, Kim Possible, Totally Spies, stuff like that. Like that it was, was funny. For... I I watched so much Sailor Moon. I never remember Tuxedo Mask being made to look like a bitch compared to Sailor Moon. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't as powerful, yeah. but it was never a moment where it was like, you had to diminish Tuxedo Mask to make Sailor Moon more awesome. You that's, know what I mean? <laughs> that's because the story's written, written in Japan, and Japan <laughs> it ha- always has superior storytelling. Well, it's just but, crazy uh, that we've gotten this, like, this weird, like... And, and the men in Sailor Moon, they are very, like, they're very, very flamboyant. You get what I'm saying? It's like... Fair, fair. Yeah. There's like, they're not, they're not these like strong, like macho guys. It's like, they're actually like, they're very like beautiful, beautiful But here's the thing. Sailor Moon was for girls. Like it was made for girls. But But yet still, still, yes, still more accessible. (laughs) Like what does it tell you about modern shit? (laughs) Like. (laughs) Literally. You know, you know what it is? It's not even that it's made for those people. It's that again, we don't talk about it. And Mm. and this is touching on, we're going to jump into House of the Dragon. So. Uh, let's open House of Dragon. House of Dragon episode three. Uh, what was it? The the prince second of his name? I think it was the episode title. The road ahead is uncertain, but the end is clear. Aegon will be king. He's the firstborn son of the king. You will be with your own child sooner than late. I do not wish to get married. Even I do not exist above tradition and duty, Rhaenyra! None of it needs be this way in truth. No one's here for me. Princess! The crab leader has dug in for siege on Bloodstone while his men sabotage our fleet. The matter of the Stepstones is, regrettably, urgent. Crabs will soon dine on all of us. We are losing. Dracarys. Yeah, and this is kind of related before we jump into the actual uh, non-spoilers and rating and whatever about the series. The queen died, and yeah, the queen. I mean, like, I I don't really have any connections to the queen or whatever. I I'm not, you know, rest in peace. You know, you know, I, no disrespect to her. Long live but, the queen. But that's the thing. No disrespect. I have no emotions toward her one way or the other. But there's this low level of animosity now in the world where the people that were oppressed or the people that feel marginalized feel like they now have the right to unabashedly bash or be vitriolic and or mean to who they feel are the oppressors. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen it online, but there's been a lot of people like making really mean jokes about the queen dying some people were even going as far not even jokes is going as far to be like fuck that bitch hope she died I, i'm glad she's dead I, I wish upon her an excruciating death it's like yo what's happening and That's that called for that level of like anger and resentment is what i think is the problem that's being trickled into media it's it's not just the the positive side of like i want to represent for xyz group it's that with that representation comes the same sentiment of and fuck those people you know what i mean and that's what's so in the case of represent women and fuck men represent people of color and fuck white people you know what i mean it's like it's that you can sense it you can yeah. feel it it's black, there it's, it's black and white storytelling Yes, it's and, and not even just black and white. It's just like literally. It's I feel like again, you can see the mentality of the writer through their writing. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And, and you can get that. You can feel in the same way that when we watch Cobra Kai, it feels warm. You it know, feels welcoming. It feels it like feel- they care. It feels like they give a shit about their audience and they yes. care about people's actual emotions. They and, don't hate and, them. No, no. And like, no one is fucking like, no, no, it, it's accessible to like literally almost everyone. Yes. Literally. Yes. You know, cause, cause, cause it's like, we got to stop talking about it because it's like we're supposed to be talking about the other <laughs> Well, Well, I, I only brought it up t- because I think it's a good segue into yeah. House of the Dragon yeah. in comparison to Rings of Power. Because yeah. I say all that. First of all, it's a queen. Huh? Queen, House of Dragons. All right. <laughs> ah. But it, it, it's that animosity that is present in something like the Rings of Power that I don't think is present in something like House of Dragon. And this episode, I think, is another good example. of. Remember before when I was talking about, like, I don't really like – like, I, I don't hate Rhaenyra, but I'm not super in love with her when we were talking about the first episode. And I was like, but that could change because I didn't love all the original characters in Game of Thrones in the first episode yeah. either. Like, I, I learned to love them over time, and I learned more about these characters. Um, which good writing does. It usually gets better, not stay, stay stagnant or gets worse. Right. So, because it stacks. <laughs> yeah. So, this episode is a good example of I now like Rhaenyra more. And I yes. think it's just and, – and the things that happen in the story, if it was handled – the same beats, if it was handled by the writers of Rings of Power, by the people who made Galadriel, I feel like Renera wouldn't be as layered. She wouldn't be as flawed. She wouldn't be as interesting. And a lot of the character beats, because of the way they would have – they would direct her – because for whatever reason, they can't have women ever be like emotionally phased by anything. Because I guess weak women feel emotions, I guess. <laughs> it wouldn't land the same way. So, for, and I say that as an example of, in this episode, Renera is dealing a lot, with a lot of frustration of not actually being... Like, she might have been named heir to to uh, the to be the throne. queen. The, the, yeah, throne, yeah. the throne. But Air, she's not Air actually given any of the power. And now she's being put in a situation where her father has had a, 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 a son that survived. So now everybody's kind of looking at her like, hey man, like your time's over. Like we, we didn't, re- we didn't even respect you before, even though we gave you power in quotes, you're really just like a placeholder figurehead. And now this kid's here. So we all kind of want, I mean, tradition, we want a boy to be king. Sorry, you're done. And by going, by walking in her footsteps, because these writers are actually capable and gave her some depth, I'm not viewing her frustration as something to be annoyed by. I'm viewing it as understandable. I understand why she's frustrated. I get it. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. And it's like, I'm watching all this with Renera, and it's like, so it was never confirmed if her and Allison actually had a, a, a like a relationship, but like they definitely had a friendship. So yeah, I I also e- don't either, know if they were going for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like either way, she's still she's apparently still hurt for the fact that Allison is taking her has taken her father's hand and now she's queen. So yeah. she feels a certain way about that, and I understand that. And then on top of all that, everyone wants her to get married, but she doesn't want to get married. And at the same time, I still said she wanted to be a lesbian. And <laughs> she could have been bisexual for all we know. Cause probably clear, possibly. Cause, yeah. Cause clearly she has, uh, she has a thing for the S- S- Sir Knight. Who Sir Tristan. Is, yeah. The Knight. Sir Tristan. Yeah. Who Sir I Tristan. like, I like their chemistry. I do too. I genuinely do too. And you know what else? Dude, 
that scene where they're in the woods and um it's just black outside dude that was so tense for me. Like, I was literally at the edge of my seat waiting for someone to come out. You know what I was thinking? Before... Oh, the boar scene? Yes. yes, the boar scene. So, oh, yeah, the... it was not spoilers. So here... I mean, let's, just, let's give our rating, though, like, no, real quick. Okay. Um, uh, More than passable. More than passable for this week's episode. I'm going to give this a perfect, because when we get really? to talking about the stuff with Damon at the end, bruh. You know what? Bruh. You know what? Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> perfect vision. It's perfect vision. <laughs> okay. I don't want to affect your rating. I'm just saying. No, no you know what? Because it's like, honestly, I have to really think about it. Because like compared to like Rings of Power, compared to like everything that's been going on with them, this is top tier medieval you, fantasy That's not even a comparison. Yeah. It's not even a comparison, but it is top tier medieval fantasy shit. Like that, the whole, the battle scene was beautiful. Right, uh, The whole scene with fucking uh, Damon, just like, dude, he was like, that whole scene with him in the battlefield against the fucking crab feeders, man. That was so it good. Was, it was so good. The so drag. The drag, the it, dragon... it harkened back to like Battle of the Bastards level was good. It harkened back to like uh, the 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 battleship scene with the uh, the Ironborn, the Ironborn, friggin' uh, when they were at war at sea. I think that was one of the scenes. Friggin' um, wait, which yeah. which season? Uh, set. I think it was might have been seven or eight. It was when uh, it was around the time. Oh, oh, with Daenerys when her dragon got killed. Yeah. So. Oh, around, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I thought that was that. Was that when it started? Was that when when the, I I don't remember what battle you're talking about. There were a lot it, of battles toward the end. So. It was so long ago, but I bas- basically yeah, that whole scene did remind me of. Like, I, I just got Battle of the Bastards vibes because yeah. I felt like there were so many shots that reminded me. And I think we're done actually better than Battle of the Bastards, but when we're getting the spoilers, I'll, I'll, I'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, perfect vision for me. And if you're the same, what were, what were you going to say before I interrupt you about the rating? Oh, um, the scene, the boar scene with, uh, with, Ra- with Rhaenyra and, uh, Sir Tristan. So I, ha- so two things about that scene. One, I honestly thought that I was, that, that some white walkers were going to show up. Like I literally thought that like some white. Uh, what? <laughs> That's random. I, I was paranoid. I was like, "What the fuck's gonna come out?" Because I was waiting. I was like, "Something's gonna fucking come out." There's gonna be. Wolves. I thought it was gonna be the deer thing they were talking about, which I didn't know was even. A, I, I didn't know what they were tracking. I was like, "What is a white whatever?" I didn't it know. Was, it was a white stag. A white. It was the white stag. Yeah. They didn't, it, was, it wasn't called a stag, was it? It was called a white something. I forget what they actually called it in universe, but like it's a yeah. stag. It's a giant. But before stag, they showed basically. it, I was just like, uh, "Is it?" Some kind of weird monster thing, but then it was like, oh, that, that no, was a board first, but then it was yeah, like, oh, it's a deer. You also have to remember that whole that scene is actually a callback to Game of Thrones season one. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I was tension yeah. like when he went to go when the king went to go kill the, the yeah. deer. I was like, oh my god, King Baratheon all over again! Yeah, Don't literally. you fucking die, bro! Literally. Don't literally. you die! <laughs> I was, dude. I've been waiting for this king. Like something's bad. Like I keep feeling like. I've got a bad feeling about this. Like something bad's gonna happen eventually. But like he's been, he's been. But the point I was trying to make was yes, the scene with the boar was actually a callback to season one because Robert Baratheon was supposedly killed by mm. the boar. So when yeah. I'm seeing that, I'm like, oh, that's clever how they did that. So it's like someone could have easily di- died from that thing, but no, it's like Rhaenyra actually like defends herself from the boar and then she stabs the shit out of it and then. She- <laughs> Dude, I know we talk about girl. Well, boss. I like that that even Tristan helped her though. Yeah. So, like, again, even little things like that. Like, I feel like if it was Rings of Power, Gladiator would have by herself one hit, one hit KO. Literally. But the fact that Tristan, he wasn't useless. He did he did stab it first, which saved her. And yeah. then when it started moving again, and she started freaking out, and then she started stabbing it to death. 
And I thought it was a really powerful moment, too. Yeah. But the fact that they allowed him to be helpful, I'm like, just little shit like that. Literally. It, it shows you that the writers aren't like, yeah, fuck men. <laughs> seriously. Like- <laughs> seriously. And not only that, but it's but it's like, um, as, as well as The King, I think, is the best example of oh, so good. healthy, if you want to call it healthy masculinity. But not only that, he's able to um, express himself and his emotions because clearly, like, he's dealing with his own traumas. And mm-hmm. he actually does, like, is able to uh, talk with Alicent uh, about all of his problems. And just, like, I don't, I just, I just, I like seeing how open he is about everything that's bothering him. Like, him talking about his dreams of Rhaenyra and how, like, he saw his firstborn son and how um he put the crown on his head and everything that whole that whole premonition it's like mm. you actually you like i i i like the king because i'm so used to the iron-fisted kings mm. of of like the likes of joffrey basically like joffrey yeah, the, the typical king trope yeah like they did like and that's another thing again the nuance he's yeah. he could very easily be like an asshole but every step of the way they they find a way to humanize him and make it such a, a intriguing character. So, like, you're saying him opening up. The fact that they even did it in such a way that it makes sense that he would open up. Because they, they it was a festival, so he was getting drunk. And he got more drunk. Because he was actually stressed out, he was getting more and more drunk throughout the entire party. So, by the time you get to that, that, that uh, bonfire scene, like, he is totally wasted. So, he's just pouring his heart out to his wife. And it's like... you. Like, and then he pours one out, him. and then he pour, and then he pours one out for his homies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had the sense to say, "I'm done drinking," and he literally tosses. Yeah, his glass but that's why I was fire. so fucking scared because he was <laughs> drunk, and then the the deer thing. I was like, yeah. "Oh, I could tell." Totally. And yeah. it took so long to kill it. I was like, "Oh, he's gonna miss. It's gonna get free. It's gonna stab him in the stomach." It's I was die. scared too. I was like, "Something's <laughs> gonna happen." We were all thinking it. Any fan like, of game, <laughs> any anyone who's been around since GOT season one knows exactly what you're thinking in that moment. Yeah. And they had to be playing it up for that very reason. Literally, they were like, we smart want enough you, to we know. want you to think that. We want yeah. you to think he's going to die. Yeah. Like, but I feel even like the, it's so precarious. Yeah. Even the fact that, like, you don't know for sure what he's thinking until later in the episode, where he actually says, like, I, I'm not going to replace you. Like, why do you think I'm going to do that? Like, but because everyone, because you're thinking, well, he's... Of course he is. Like, why wouldn't he? Like, he was already kind of iffy about making your queen in the first place. He kind of was only doing it to keep his brother off the off the off the throne. So it's like, all right, yeah, he's got a son now. Maybe he will. But then, he, but he doubles down and he he defends his daughter. He's like, no, I made her fucking heir. I'm sticking to it. That's what I said. I'm proud. I'm proud of my choice and I'm proud of my daughter. Yes, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's you don't good. even have to do that. But the fact that you are and you're like you're. It's just, it's gonna destroy him. That's the really fucked up part. You know, this is yet another bad choice that's going to bite him in the ass in the future. But yeah. yet, the fact that he's making it makes him such a a complicated character that you want to root for. It's mm-hmm. like fuck. And then the fact that he has that confession where he does doubt it. It's not as black and white as like, no, I just support my daughter wholesale. It's like, no. Even he's like, fuck. Did I make the wrong choice? I I'm fucking up, you guys. I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, oh no. Oh, pr- protect him at all costs. Seriously, <laughs> protect the king. Protect yes. the king to the keep. He's so likable, and I he feel is. so bad for him. Yeah, and then, you really do. And then the, and then it's like uh, before we even get to Damon, because there's so like the fact that they're not jumping around like Game of Thrones used to, like Rings of Power is. Yeah. 
but the story is centralized and I'm still so in because it could be boring but I, it's still centralized but I'm still so intrigued and they know, did they did that time skip where I thought like oh this could be bad like it's like a six month time skip and it they, was only it was a two year time skip and honestly oh two yeah. two year I'm sorry two year yeah it was two year time skip and like honestly like it doesn't feel like you you you've, you you feel it but it doesn't really feel like you missed out on anything no, they handled it well. And yeah. the fact that they were able to keep the character arcs going and the fact that I feel like they're going to keep doing time skips, but now I'm, I'm confident that they'll be able to handle it each time. Um, but the even the intrigue within the camp of like the his his hand still being conniving and the the outbursts when he was yelling at his daughter in the, the festival itself where he's trying to pair off, like, even I'm not above tradition, Renera! It's like, oh! Oh, that felt real. It's like a, it's like a, it's like yeah. you're at a barbecue and you're in the, the, your uncle's fighting with your your niece. Literally, <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah, y'all y'all felt that. Like back to your drinks. Go back to your drinks. <laughs> but it's all it's all mm. done so well. Or, it, or yeah. even like I like um the I don't know his name, but the the fat guy who's like his one of his council members, the only council member that actually gives him good counsel. Yeah. And, and he pressed him on it. He was like, oh, let me guess. You're going to suggest that I marry Rhaenyra off to yet another, to, to your son or something. And he's like, no, actually, I, I'm flattered you would think that. But actually, I think that you should marry her off to uh, Corliss, the, the black guy's son. It's mm. like, wow, you're selfless. And you're actually a good dude. And, and just having that one guy kind of represent that there are good people in the realm because meanwhile, the, his 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 hand is telling him to marry Rhaenyra off to Aegon, incest like, like Targaryen incest. It's like ill. <laughs> I dude, I totally forgot about that part, and I was like, oh my god, this is literally the shit that they would do back in the day just to fucking secure the fucking royal bloodline. That's how Targaryens were. That's no, what they, did. They, bro. they were all incest. No, that's why they went mad. That's where that, the madness came from. That's like, dude, no, that's not right. It's, it's not, not right, but. Bro, that's like, that's like that's like two mo- that's like two awkward moments they've given us in the past two weeks. First, <laughs> le- like this 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 week it's it was that in incestual fucking marriage, and then last week it was the thing with a uh, freaking not even fourteen year old <gasps> little little princess Valerian, and I'm like, bro, no. That's Game of real... Thrones, baby. That's what, I, that's what I watch it for. No, <laughs> I watch it for those like, what the I'm fuck like, moments. This isn't right. It's not right at all. And the king knows it, man. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't blame him for picking Alice in Hightower. I fucking don't. <laughs> oh, my God. But I mean, um, I mean, that being said, like, yeah, the fact that he uh, was tr- uh, trying to get paired with uh, Corlys' daughter. So then we jump back to... The, the war that's been raging on. I mean, even how the episode started with uh, Damon fighting the war without without the king and, like, the set piece of the guy being, like, tortured with the crab feeder eating him or whatever. Oh, dude. And he was like, Damon! King Damon is here! My Come friend! save it! Stop! <laughs> Stop! Stop! I don't give a fuck! Crush! <laughs> like, Damn, bro! That's you awesome. are insignificant! Crush! <laughs> save me, my prince! Crush! It's like, Damon's... Ca- so much of Damon's character was exemplified with no words. Not he didn't have all. any lines of dialogue the entire episode. He but didn't. yet that even that moment where he gets the letter from Viserys, who finally is like, all right, because everyone's telling me I got to come help you to win this war. I'm going to send some soldiers. And he looks at the note, and he's just like, nah, 
I refuse. <laughs> you are not going to come here and be big brother to me. I'm going to win this award my fucking self. And he beats the shit out of the messenger and then does like that crazy. This is why I felt like Jon Snow and Battle of the Bastards, that crazy solo suicide run. We're like, where in the Battle of the Bastards, it felt like the plot was... This is like the beginning of plot armor in Game of Thrones, where it felt like arrows and everything was just missing Jon Snow left and right. But with Damon, they did a good job of him running from cover to cover, yeah. him zigzagging, yeah. unlike Rickon in fucking Battle of the Bastards. Huh? <laughs> yeah, like the fact that they kept... They, they kept it realistic why he would be able to survive as long as he did. And then when the dragons show up and the whole battle really kicks off, it's like, fuck, yes! It's so epic! And you, I, because it's getting it's Game of Thrones at its best, I'm not sure if he's going to live or not. I was worried the whole time. I'm like, yo, is he going to die? Like, is this yeah. it? Like, yo, run, go! And then you're rooting for him. Like, go, David, go! Go, David, go! Yeah, you got this! Oh my god, it was brilliant. It was it was honestly brilliant storytelling. The battle scene, everything was just like it was so good. It was so well done, and um, oh my god, like it was just a really good battle scene. And that's something that's been lacking in in uh, Rings of Power is like I, they're probably saving like a big war scene for like later on in the season. But it's like, dude, Bro, just, just getting that from Game of Thrones, man. We're three hours in the Rings of Power. This is this is now apples to apples. This is episode three of House of Dragon. Yeah. We've seen three episodes of Rings of Power. Yeah. Is it even close? Not even. Not even fucking close. No, it's like this. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't say it's because we know about like. Game of Thrones, like it's, it's building off of something. They're both prequels, yeah. so it's like, what's the excuse? The only difference is writing. That's the only difference. You know what this feels like? This feels like a. This literally feels like a. I don't want to say personification because that's not the correct term, but it's like it's a it's a it's a visualization of freaking the epic rap battle between um <laughs> between freaking uh George R R Martin and uh and, and, <laughs> Tolkien. Fuck, and, and Tolkien. That's what it feels like. It's like it that's what it feels like. It literally feels like their works are out on display into the world right now at the same fucking time and it's like who's doing it better? And right now your boy Martin is fucking winning. Man, that's right not now. fair. Tolkien's being handicapped by shitty Amazon writing, that's bro. That's <laughs> like, it's not fair. It's that's not even his fault. That's that, Amazon. That's not that, him. Yeah, fair enough. That, that's, that's the problem. Fair. It's not him. Okay, so if Amazon can make the fucking boys and it's successful as it is, then why the fuck isn't Rings of Power any good? Why is Dude, it not enjoyable television, Jordan? Because the boys is made by people that actually care about the boys, and the Rings of Power is made by activists who just picked up Ring, like, Lord of the Rings book for... Not even! They didn't even pick up a Lord of the Rings book. They picked up, like, the Silmarillion, and they watched the Peter Jackson movies. And that was it. It's <laughs> like, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, oh before we get God. out of House of Dragon, I just want to say, again, with uh, Rhaenyra being a strong female character done right, even things like her being destined to be a great leader are done great in, Dude, in House of Dragon. The, I love... The, the, the prophecy foreshadowing of her seeing the white stag. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that even... That, that level of nuance. I was like, yeah. you don't even have to say it. That's that's why she's she's chosen for this. Like, she was made for this. Literally. Literally. I was like, I didn't know what was going to happen because it's like... It, it's also said something where... The king couldn't get the white stag, but his daughter did. That says something. The king couldn't even kill the 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 brown stag when it was being held down, and like the spear was placed in his hands and told where to stab. But yet she, and I love the juxtaposition of her killing the boar. It's like it shows their different. Like he's as nice as he is, he's ineffective as a king. Ineffective, like trying to kill a boar and he can't, or kill a stag and he can't. 
But meanwhile, she was able to kill the boar with her bare hands. Like, that shows you the difference of like effectiveness. Literally, and not only that, I know we always, I know we always like we're always talking about like girl boss stuff, but literally, like she literally fucking power walks back to camp with the oh. fucking, with the fucking boar covered in blood, like she's Carrie. That is some boss shit. That was badass. Yeah. Her and Damon were like dressed in blood at the end of both of their little sequences. <laughs> literally. Literally. It's nuts. Nuts. Oh, I'm so hype. I'm so hype. But yeah, so I, that's uh, Perfect Vision for House of the Dragon episode yeah, three. Definitely fucking perfect killing vision. it. Absolutely. <sighs> Best episode so far. Okay. And on that note, the roller coaster's going down. Let's <laughs> let's jump on to Rings of Power. <laughs> Yeah, episode three. Each of us, every one, must decide who we shall be. I am not the hero you seek. You have been told many lies. He has not one name, but many. One thing we can do, better than any creature in all Middle-earth. If you heard of him, lad, then. If you heard of Sauron. <laughs> There is a tempest in me. Find the light, and the shadow will not find you. Let's talk about Galadriel. Why is she so unlikable, Jeff? I don't understand. And guys, write in if you want us to keep reviewing. We gotta get at least one person writing in saying that they want us to keep reviewing Rings of Power. Because I'm gonna give it one more episode, and if it doesn't hook me, I'm just going to wait until the season finishes to watch the rest. Because I can't. Week to week of this, like, it was... And I, you experienced the same thing. It's It was hard to finish this episode. I kept looking at my fucking watch every, like, ten minutes. I'm like, oh, is this almost over? Oh, my I, God, we're only halfway through? Oh, my God. <laughs> I Dude, honestly, I found myself pausing, like, a lot watching Ugh. Rings of Power. And, like, I was pausing for so long. And, like, I was coming back to it because it's like... I don't know if it's it's my ADHD... I don't know if it's my attention span. We both have ADHD. Literally. We, but we just talked about three other things that... Yeah. Did you get bored during House no. of the Dragons? No. Did you get bored with Cobra Kai? No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, straight up, it's like Rings of Power. I feel like I'm struggling to watch it half the time. But this is, this is the thing. The quality is good. Like, the quality is good in terms of visualization. The production in terms of landscape, In terms of landscapes. In yeah. terms of scenery. In terms of fucking even, like, costume quality. The fact that they're using all these practical effects with... Yeah. with the orcs and everything it's good the warg scene in the uh, that they that they that they had in this past episode it was so good mm. but it's like it, it, even the action sequence that that they had i thought that was good but it's like everything else it's like it, it just feels like it's dragging and there's no there's no it's a, there's a lack of depth and substance to it. And it's like, mm. you're not making me care about what's going on or any of these mm. characters. And it's like, we're just waiting for shit to hit the fan. And this is all building up towards it. Where's Sauron? Is Sauron here yet? When's Sauron going to get here? <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Like, we've only got, like, one glimpse of Sauron so 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 far. And I honestly didn't think he was, like, going to be around this quickly. But I was expecting a little bit more of, of uh, Sauron in this but i did like the entire scene um with with the orcs i can definitely say that i like this this episode more the than practical like... effects in the orcs are great there it is it yeah. really is and it's like this is honestly probably like my favorite episode so far like this has been the best one out of all oh of my so god far. yeah but yeah, i guess I, that's yeah i guess that's 
true? I think that's yeah. <laughs> so hard I to think, think about like, I think it? that's true. Because not, so. not only that, um how how the how the brand actually got to even have uh a, fight. Oh, a little fight scene. Yeah, he got to have his own his own little fight scene. So I thought I thought that was cool that he got to do that. Uh, but literally so. but but literally like everything with uh with, with Galandriel is like she can't help but be uh she's a protagonist who's an antagonist. She loves to she just loves to be def- she just <laughs> She gets off on being defiant, and like, <laughs> she gets off on being. She defiant. does. She gets off on being defiant. She really does. Oh, she can't I like help... being difficult so much. <laughs> she, she can't help herself. She cannot fucking help herself. She will literally. No st- man can tell me anything. <laughs> Jordan, she Jordan. She is the personification of I want problems always. Yeah, I don't she want is that personification. I want problems always. <laughs> Galandria wakes up and she chooses violence every single You're fucking time. You're not wrong. Time. That's the funny part. She's oh like, she's, it's like, it's got, it's almost like, is it on purpose? How can you Bro. make a character so unlikable? Oh my it's God. crazy. It's she's, like, she's antagonistic to everybody. Everyone. 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 <laughs> Good grief, woman. <laughs> It's like, look, I get the elves have a bad rap, but it's like you're trying to defend yourself and you're trying to reclaim your brother's armor or get revenge oh, for your man. brother, whatever. But it's like, can you, like, please listen to reason for five minutes? Could you not beat herself for five minutes? And she's got one, again, it's, it's, it's a combination of bad writing, but it's also the bad acting amplifies the bad writing. So, like, she's only got one emotion and it's stare intensely. And I she want... can only look at you like this, Jeff. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> and she just... That's <laughs> all she does, man. I'm like, yo, why is she like this? Stop can you, it. Can, can you please... Can you please tell me what you said to me earlier when I was comparing uh, Galandriel and Rings of Power to Galandriel from the original trilogy? Because it's like, I said the same thing. I was oh. like... I was like, Galandriel was stoic back then. She didn't show a lot of emotions. She did it. That was her character. But at the same time, she was able to express so many other emotions and like show that she was actually a a a warm a god. Like it, it was it was like the direction is different. The and again, this goes back to the it's it's bad directing. It's bad storytelling. It's it's the actress doesn't understand the character on every level. They don't understand how elves work. So we brought elves down to just basically being like humans with pointy ears. They're just they're just another race. They're like they're white people. They're not they're not otherworldly gods. That's the problem. Like the, the elves in Tolkien mythology, at least from even from just watching Lord of the Rings, the Peter Jackson movies, I could pick this up. And Galadriel especially. She was stoic, but she had warmth. She had a level of charisma to her 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 speech, the way she spoke had authority. It, it, and because she had this otherworldly aura about her, and that, and that again, the direction helped, the, the framing, the cinematography, the effects on her, it made her feel like a god. It made her feel unknowable. So it could so when she would swing from charismatic and and warm to scary and unknowable, it made sense because it's like I like like a just like like uh, a great example is um, in Prince of Egypt when Moses is talking to the burning bush. It's like God has like the voice of God in that movie has this warmth to him, and it's like yes, Moses, I am He, I am the one. But then when God gets pissed, you feel that God is pissed, and it's like am 
I not the Alpha and Omega? Like, oh, oh, yes, yes, you are. And it's that's a that, that that's more than just acting. It's more than just writing. It's it's all of it together. And it's a level of nuance that Galadriel in Lord of the Rings, the Peter Jackson version, does not have in the Amazon version. And especially Galadriel's actress in the, Lord, in the Amazon version does not have the presence of, what's her name? Kate, Kate Blanchett. What, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. She does not have the, the level of presence of a Kate Blanchett. So it, it just come and it's like she's trying to, and that's where that weird, like, vacant, sta- intense stare comes in, because she thinks that's going to communicate intensity, but it doesn't. Instead, it just makes her look like she's got to always take a dump or something, and I'm like, again, you the bathroom? I'm like, what are you, why do you look like that? Please stop. And then it's like, the writing makes her <sighs> incorrigible. It, it makes her so standoffish and antagonistic in everything she says to everybody, it's like, and it's because of the writing where people will, like, are genuinely trying to help her, and she just is not having it, and it, that it it resonates with us as watchers as you're unlikable. I would never want to be around you. I would never want to talk to you. I would never like. So if I can't like you as a third person viewer, how is that a good protagonist character? But yet she's supposed to be the main character, as far as I'm, as far as I know. But it's like it's she's impenetrable. As a likable character, so what the fuck are you doing, writers? You, it's like it's like a masterclass in how not to write a likable character. Honestly, <laughs> oh, and, it's, and the worst part is she's only nice to people. Like she only has like a a a very fake, a very fake feeling nice streak when it's somebody that can help her. Like mm-hmm. when it's something that somebody can do for her, then mm-hmm. she's like, and now I'm suddenly interested in what you have mm-hmm. to say. I'm like you. That it's like all the qualities of I'm sorry, a bitch. And I don't want to say that and come off as like sexist or like like I hate women or something. It's if it was a man doing this, he'd be a dick. It's Literally. the same thing. It has nothing Literally. to do with being a man or a woman. It's it's just the fact that the matter is you you've written a a bad person. As blankly as you can put it, it's it's the scoundrels mentality. Basically, scoundrels. it's the Han, it's the Han Solo's mentality, but it's put on a female a female. Protag- protagonist basically mm, but, so, but not though because Han well, Solo no. was well, likable yeah <laughs> well I'm saying like I'm saying it's that mentality of what can you do for me or oh I see I see yeah the, basically yeah. that's what I'm talking about I'm not talking yeah. about I'm not talking about comparing it to Han Solo I'm talking about like the mentality of a scoundrel yeah. a scoundrel's mentality basically yes <laughs> a scoundrel's men- that's why it's just bad character writing because it's a scoundrel's mentality on what's supposed to be a noble and righteously vindicated character. Because, like I keep saying, they're just... You already see this episode. There, No one's addressing her terrible behavior or attitude. Everyone just works around it, including Halbrand or whatever. It's just like everybody dances around it. But then, meanwhile, you can already see the seeds of the plot just vindicating her. Just making her right. So then she never has to actually address that she's a bitch. She's, she's right. So it's like... It, Told you. <laughs> that's, that's what it's coming down to. It's like, the, I, I was the, right, though, so. The only character <laughs> like, in the show so far who has, like, put her in check is, like, the queen of, um, uh, where, where is... Oh, Numenarian. Yeah, Numenarian. Because she's got more, more, uh, 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 social victimization hierarchical clout. Yeah. Because she's a black woman, so she's got yeah. that above her. <laughs> it's like, you can't Wait. speak down to me because I'm a black woman. So Wait, that means black? I've got one more point than you do. <laughs> I don't know if she's black. She looked like Aztec to me. 
whatever. She's a person of color. Either she gets way. a checkbox. She yeah. gets one more yeah. badge in her victimization like checkbox. Oy vey. I mean, you uh, know that's why, right? That's the only reason why she gets to be a bigger bitch to Gladriel. <laughs> because she's got more victimization points. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, well, I mean, apparently the el- the I, I forget what happened, but the, the battle between el- uh there was a battle between elves and men, and they took that land from the elves and now apparently there's a prophecy in place where Galadriel returning basically signifies that like I don't know they're either gonna lose their home or it's some kind of an omen something I don't know that whole exchange was so frustrating (laughs) oh we gave this to you it's like you didn't give us nothing like what the fuck like why are you so mean like (laughs) why are you like this Are you happy you jumped off the boat now, Galandria? Uh, how, how do you feel about Halbrant, though? Because there's theories that he might be evil, he might be Sauron, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he, right now he just feels like an Aragorn stand-in. Yeah, that's what that's the vibe that I was getting, too. It feels like, okay, this is the return of the king right now, because technically he's supposed to be king. So it's like, it does yeah. feel like a stand-in for Aragorn. And that's one of the things about this show that, like, it's just not hitting with me, because it's like, you're used to so many different characters from uh, the original uh i almost said game of thrones but yeah lord of the rings um so it's like you're looking for those similarities and you're looking for like those characters and that familiarity and it's like it's not really here because it's like it's early middle middle earth you know before everything else happens and everything sets in but one thing that i think um because they haven't they haven't established mordor yet have they uh, and that's as far as I know. So the Southlands are, so, are the Southlands Mordor. Yeah, I, that's what it feels like. It feels like they're uh. setting up the they're setting up the Southlands to become Mordor eventually. Eventually, that's what it feels like. That makes um, sense. It's all yeah. the tunnels. Yeah. So it's like this is literally like I get it because like there's kind of like building the world right now. It's like it's like the uh, it's like it's like the Jurassic the, 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 or yeah the, the the Jurassic era of friggin' uh, Middle Earth something like that. But um, you get what I'm saying. The I Euro- mean, I like the practical effects of the orcs. Yes. Um, but in terms of their characterization, I felt like they were cartoonish villains. Like compared to the way they acted in the original Lord of the Rings, where they're like so bestial, they almost felt feral. Well, you also have to Here, remember they're you like also- wait what. You also have to remember that they, uh, the orcs weren't just the orcs, but they also had the urukai. That's why like they were like they had those big brooding uh, okay so the urukai are different from the orcs. yes yes the urukai are different from the orcs so you have to establish oh, okay. that real quick yeah all right that's so why then... that's why you don't see all these like big brooding like <sighs> angry fuck angry see, that's fuck the orcs i like though yeah these like those are the they... urukai but the these Uruk- are like these are like prison guard orcs they're like <laughs> they're car- like it's like team rocket orcs. alive do they make good sport they were there those yeah orcs. like it was yeah, it was kind of goofy and like Couple that with it being the Arendir is his name, the Black Elf. Yeah. Like, first of all, I, I said this to you when I was start the episode. It's all this progressive bullshit, bro. White liberals are the most racist. Like to me, white liberals are the modern racists. Like I don't see the hard, like the the quote unquote race like typical racist the traditional racist is like a conservative like oh i'm a southern hater and I, i'm a kkk member and i'm a redneck and i hate black people i don't inter- I, i'm sure they exist i never interact with them i never see them i i've never seen them even harass anybody online like in a comment section that that we see people like from star wars and other things even talk about i never even see that but you know what I do see all the time? The liberal progressive racist who doesn't know they're racist, but instead will will 
will filter everything through a lens of black inferiority without even realizing they're doing it. So you put all this fucking well-to-do about, oh, we're going to represent black elves and we got to have... You made this dude a, a fucking slave in the, in the third episode. <laughs> he's, he's putting chains. He I, is, I, is, <laughs> well, hang on. He's whipped. Hang on. <laughs> okay, granted, 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 everything you're saying is true. But I do think that a good trade-off for it is the fact that, like, he he had a really good fight scene in that whole entire <laughs> That's a trade-off? I don't give a fuck about that as a trade-off. Look, okay, look. Am I, am I saying that plot-wise... Is this probably the most interesting story thread so far? Probably. But not even because of the character himself. It's just because of like, oh, there's orcs and at least there's some action and there's there's something happening as opposed to hanging out with Galadriel and Numenaria or the the Heartfush is dicking around in the Not Shire or Elrond, who wasn't even in this episode, in the Dwarf Kingdom. This is like the the only semblance of the antagonist. So at least it's got that going for it. But other than that, I don't give a fuck about Arendir. I didn't care about any of the elves he's with. Even the dude that got killed was so cartoonish and like weirdly bloodless. Like he gets cut and his throat gets slit. And there's like a little bit of blood in his hand and in his neck. And he's like, oh, I'm dying. Uh, he dies. And I'm like, what the? Like it, it felt so abruptly cartoony to me. And then on top of that, the, the entire fight didn't even... Like, you say it's cool, and I get why you say it's cool, but from a logical standpoint, there were so many moments where I'm like, so was this always the possibility where we have superhuman elves being held captive, in quotes, by just the sunlight and a long chain that nobody is pulling for long extended portions of this fight? There's so many points in the fight where I'm like, the chains are still on them. But nobody in that long tunnel are pulling the chains. So many moments where they're flipping around and doing. I'm like, what's the point of the chains if they're just like ah? Well, they, did, they did pull someone in. Someone yes, did get every once in. in a while they were like, oh right, there are chains, and they pulled them. But there were so many extended periods where they they're just flipping around and doing a bunch of shit. Where it was like, why aren't they pulling the chains now? Where they're fighting the 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 what was it called the. The warg? The, the warg. So it's many points warg. where the chain wasn't being pulled, where the guy's climbing up the, the cliff, or, or like the, at one point the guy's watching him get hit with arrows on the cliff, and the chain still is not being pulled for long stretches of time, until eventually it is. But I'm like, there's just so many long beats where I'm like, what is the fucking point of these chains? <laughs> if they're not instantly pull, grab, restrained, oh. I'm like, there's, there's no point of having chains. Just don't even have the chains then. Because if there's if there's archers to the point where it's covered that you don't need the chains, then don't have the chains. But why have the the nonsensical? It, it as a person who's done filmmaking, to me, just read as they did not have a strong concept about how the fight and the scene was supposed to play out. It all felt very like, okay, there's chains. Okay, but we got to make sure that we do use the chains here and there. But if they were used in a way that chains would be used, there would never even be an action sequence. So we had to, have to do this weird, elaborate, like, flippy around, bullshitty thing. And I'm just like, I just... And because I don't care about the characters at all, I'm like, I'm not even invested if they get out. And then the fact that... The plot protects the black guy to the point where he should have been killed, but he's the only one that's like, no, 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 bring him to the 
guy who might be the head orc who might not be an orc because they decided to have a cliffhanger ending where they don't show the orc guy's face. Like uh, the only reason to do that is maybe it's not an orc. I I don't know else why you would blur out his face the entire time. I don't know. Ironically, I don't care. ironically, all the orcs have been run by like one like like hu- like human being. Like Saruman ran yeah. the orcs initially, and then by proxy, um, Wormtongue. Yeah. Kind of like so maybe it will orcs. be. Maybe it won't be an orc. Maybe. But I don't for the fact for that to be the cliffhanger ending of this episode. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care who this guy is. He could be like, hey. Um, whether he's an orc or not, I'm like, I don't care. All right, cool. All right, I, whatever, man. <laughs> That's me. I I could not get into even the final act. Was it the most interesting part of the episode? Yes. Did I care about it ultimately? No. And the fact that again, you did this whole, this whole press release, like this whole like press parade about progressiveness, and the first thing you do is turn a black elf into a slave. I'm just like. Because then on top of that, you have all those other, like, clearly, like, racial analogies of, like, like in the last two episodes of, like, oh, yeah, white people are kind of like Trump supporters, and they never really change, and there's there's elf racism now. And apparently, I didn't know about this, but apparently that's not a thing in Tolkien. Like, that's something they made up. Just, so, so then it's, like, even more so, ah, that's why they're doing this. It has nothing to do with, like, there being elf tensions or whatever. No, that is a purely agenda-based story beat they've injected. Why? Because they have black elves now, Jeff. So now they can make the allegory that elves are, are people of color and white men are racist white men. Like, it's just... Me, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> oh, I mean, how do you feel about that? Honestly, like I did clear. I did so. I'm I'm a I'm a little 180 on on this episode because, like I said, I love all of them. I enjoyed them more than the last two episodes. Oh wait, and you I, rate this? No, we didn't rate it. Right, what would you rate it? I would definitely say it was more than passable. <laughs> or is that is that giving you too much credit? Is that giving you too much credit? <laughs> hey man, oh, hey man, it's your rating. You do what you want. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's, all, it's all you. Man, no, you no, wait. Man, is that no. more than passable in like relation to what you've been watching in this? Like, is it is it graded on a curve or is it like? Because <laughs> I forget how, what did I give the last two episodes? I think I gave it. The last I think you gave two. it passable. No, I think you gave it passable. Yeah, I gave it poor vision. Mm. I'll give what? this. I'll, I'll give my rating. I'll give this a less. Than May, yeah, I think I'm giving it too much credit. So I would probably. Yeah, I, I passable. Hey, Still passable. hey, man. Oh, so it's a passable. I mean, yeah, passable. look, again, I'm not trying to affect your rating. If you feel like it's a more impassable, stick by it. Stand by that more impassable. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know because I'm thinking about it too. Because I'm like, man, is it, is it as good as House of the Dragon? No, technically, it's not as good as House of the Dragon. I said House of the Dragon had like perfect. Oh, you rated the same as Rick and Morty. You disgust me. What? <laughs> Oh yeah, and you rated you rated House of Dragon more than passable. Yeah. Oh, you did. You think this is the same level? No, because no, I, I have to think about me. it. Because I was like, no, I Because I was like, no, House of Dragon is definitely better than that. So by proxy, yeah, it's still passable. It's passable. Yeah, I gave House of Dragon perfect vision. I think it's doing fantastic. And it I, is. I, by compare by comparison, yeah, Lord of the Rings is just not. It's not doing it for me. It's not doing it as good as as House of the Dragon is. So yeah, I think passable is definitely more proper 
Yeah. I mean, there's just giant chunks of this story I just don't give a fuck about. Like, do you even care about what's happening with the Harfoots? I care about what's happening with Gandalf. That, that's not that's not what I asked. <laughs> I asked the Harfoots. <laughs> Harf Gandalf can't even speak right now. <laughs> Friend. You know Friend. what? Here's what I have to say about the Harfoots and specifically about uh, specifically about Nori's mom. She has the same energy as Abuela in Encanto. Same fucking energy. Okay. You have this overbearing parent who basically tells you, like, you can't do these things when, you know, Nori clearly, it's like, she dreams bigger than than the rest of them. Mm. And granted, I feel like she's just, like, she's just a filler spot. Like, her and her one friend... They feel like they're just filler for fucking Sam and Frodo. That's what it feels like. Oh, yeah, for sure. But at the same time, I get her conviction. I do understand her conviction that, like, she just doesn't want to be, like, another hobbit who's going off and migrating all the time. And, like, she dreams bigger than the others. I wonder but, if this is how they're going to start the Shire. Like, that's you think what I'm gonna, saying. Like, they're going to yeah. be the first Shire folk? That's what it feels like. I feel like yeah. eventually these people, these little hobbits are going to be the ones who eventually create the Shire. That's what yeah. it feels like. It's it's going, and I think and it's like I do. I did like the the dynamic with them and Gandalf, and that Gandalf's learning to talk, and he's learning to be more human, and like he actually helps with their cart so they can actually uh, go on with the migration. Those are the things I actually do care about with the show. Um, there are parts that are lacking, like. I'm not feel I'm not feeling a deep connection with these characters, but I am like now that I that I know that that's supposed to be Gandalf, I care a little bit more. And <laughs> that's how they get you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I hear you. I just there's nothing in those characters that make me go like, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next in that story. I will. I will. And you say know what? But you know what it is too. It's like like you said, there's no substance. Yeah. It's but it's not even just there's no substance. It's that the writing. It's all over the place. There's like they're trying to write an anthology, but it's like the and things aren't aren't lining up yet, and it's but like, it, it, it feels it, all it feels scattershot. It feels, it feels scattershot, scattered. but it's also like the dialogue makes it like an extra layer of like disconnection where I can't even relate to. It's like it's like they try and be deep too too much. Where like I, there's so many like weird metaphors they try and like insert, and I'm like, I guess they're trying to sound more Lord of the Ringy, like like there was like a metaphor about like clearing the table of salt and like something about wheat and like there's all these little metaphors they use, and I'm like, I get what you're trying to do to make the world feel more fantasy, but instead it just comes like it doesn't, it's nothing. I don't know if it's the, it's a combination of the dialogue and the writing. But there's so many interactions that just don't feel genuine or real to me. And like I can only point to things like Cobra Kai, where just a conversation feels so fucking organic. It feels so real. And even House of the Dragon. Like they're just the interactions feel more believable than what's happening in Lord of the Rings. And it's like it's not just fantasy, it's not the issue. It's 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 the writing. It's mm-hmm. it's the writing, it's the acting, it's all of it together. And it's just it's not what it should be. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Cause it's like, I feel like I, I literally, uh, between the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, the stories are vastly like superior, superior, but like we haven't finished. It's not, it's not all out yet. So I don't know. Maybe it's not a fair comparison until like, it's all finished and said and done, but 
you're having a hard time hugging us into this show. Yeah, guys. I mean, email in and let us know if uh, you want us to keep reviewing Rings of Power. If not, it, this might have one more. It's got one more episode to grab me. I'll give it one more. I think it's supposed to be eight total. Is that the idea? So four. Um, I'll give it four. And if if I'm not hooked, at least if I'm not at least interested by four, it's like what the fuck, bro? That's four hours. Yeah. I was crying in one of Cobra Kai, bro. <laughs> There is no excuse. There's no, excuse. no fucking excuse. Oh my god! It's like you shouldn't have to sit through a three-hour movie to feel something. You know what I'm saying? The, like, the, think the, about the, that. The show, the show with the most masculinity made you cry. Yes, that, <laughs> yes. That does something. But just think about that in terms of time. Literally. It shouldn't. That's like watching a three-hour movie and being like, I didn't like it. Like you know what I mean? Uh, like it shouldn't take that long to get into character. This is the problem with. Not with both Disney and Rings of Power. Rings of Power is that they're not doing episodic television. They're like doing like they're basically making a like a, an elongated film, and it's like it the, the that's why pay that's why pacing is off and character development is, is like it's it's not it's not it's not good. It feels it, stretched. Literally. Like it's just stretched out. It's just, yeah, literally. It's yeah. all drawn out, and honestly, it would serve better as a film than a television series. Yeah. That's also why I believe that Cobra Kai being a Netflix property, Netflix, Netflix's Mar- original Marvel series were way better than friggin' anything that's on Disney Plus right now. Except, I mean, we're getting there. I mean, like, yeah. I never thought I would kind of agree with that. Like, I, I think Daredevil and... The first half of Luke Cage is still better than anything on Disney Plus, but there it got pretty shitty too for Netflix, like with Iron Fist and I would even say season two of Jessica Jones wasn't. What? As good no, 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 no. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What? What, what do you like more, uh, she, Iron Fist or She Hulk? Oh fuck! <laughs> oh, fuck. Answer the question, oh, Jordan. Fuck. Answer the question. Oh, Answer the fuck, goddamn boy. question. <laughs> Oh shit, man! I don't even know, man. That's a damn good question. Oh my god! You have to. You. We are who we choose to be. Now choose. It's like, what would you? Would you rather die by drowning or burned alive by fire? Like, what would you prefer? I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know. Death don't by even know. death by the fist or death by snoo snoo. Okay, that's not even a question. That's that's <laughs> obvious. Snoo snoo. It's not even. It's not even a question. But <laughs> like, in terms of which show do you like more, is it would an easier question be which show do you hate more? I, you know what? I, yes, it actually is an easier. And that answer is sadly She Hulk. Oh, I actually man. hate She Hulk. And you know why? It's because I feel like she. And let's just talk about She Hulk. We're jumping into it now. She episode four. I don't remember the episode title. Who cares? Call my lawyer. No judge is going to take this seriously unless we do things by the book. That is not how we work through our issues. The book of Ascendium. No, the book of American uh, laws. And my rating, who cares about spoilers? It's stupid anyway. Less than passive. Uh, I don't give a fuck. What's your rating? Uh, 
I would say passable because honestly, like once again, this is the third up ep- the third or fourth episode of She Hulk. And, and and to me, honestly, it's the best one so far, and I think it's mostly because Wong's there. You know and... what? I'm gonna pull a U, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go up. There I'm gonna go. give it. It's it's the lowest passable possible. Is that even true? Can I even say that? <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna give it the lowest. Uh, it's a very hesitant passable. It's it's, a it's very so hesitant. it's like on the edge. Of being less than passable. It's only a passable because it had more Wong this episode. Yes. And and it's fucked up. I hate that. Like, and, and again, there were a couple jokes here and there. Like one or two that made me chuckle a little bit. One being, and, and only because it was so on the nose, I'm like, yeah, this is who you are. They made the, oh, Wong's in this episode, so it's uh, it's it's bulletproof on Twitter for a week because everybody loves Wong. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's who the writers are. They live on Twitter. They're they're oh not actual fans. They're just Twitter activists. So that's why that joke was funny. The one thing the one thing that made me laugh, and it probably what is the it? same thing you were thinking of when it? when when the fucking <laughs> when her date is at her is at her is in the room, and he mm. and uh, after She Hulk leaves, and he and uh, and uh, he's reading the book that says Bad Feminists. I laughed. I, I laughed, laughed, but not shit. for what do you mean? What did you laugh for? I didn't laugh because it was funny. I laughed. I laughed at the irony of it because I was like, I literally was just like the like one loud ha, literally. Ah, uh, okay, literally. that's fair. Okay, it, yeah, I kind of did the same thing because it's like, do you know what Bad Feminist is? No, I don't actually. It's it's a book about basically a a a, a feminist trying to grapple with wanting non feminist things while being a feminist. So basically, wrestling with basic human desires. While trying to claim being a self-righteous feminist. So things like, oh, and it was just the whole point of the story this week of her basically objectifying herself because she wants attention from men and she wanted to be a sexual object for a man. That is technically being a bad feminist because you're not empowered. Because you've let your sexual control be vested to a man. That's what being a bad feminist. So the fact that it, (laughs) and again, I, I can't. I see things a little differently because I am a writer. So I see it as nothing's my mistake. That's there on purpose because that's, that's literally what the writer is thinking of herself as she's writing about these really contradictory views between being a good feminist and just being a fucking woman. But like feminism has tricked women to thinking that so a bad feminist is really just a woman that has actual desires. That's what a bad feminist is. And it's like that's bullshit. How did you get tricked into thinking that feminism means you can't be feminine? What? That's ridiculous. No, you can fuck no. a guy and still be a feminist. You can want to you can want to be uh uh submissive to a man and still be a feminist. That's fine. Right. It's like but it's like no you gotta be empowered at all times. That's the only way you can be a feminist. So yeah, I I, I scoffed, but I wouldn't call it a laugh. I was just like, ugh, this is so them. <laughs> this is I, so I, this I, writer. I, I laughed. Me. I fucking laughed when I saw when I saw that. I but it. I was gonna say this is honestly um out of, out of the entire series that had a She-Hulk fight. This is probably like my favorite She-Hulk fight out of out of all of them so far. Uh, this like, is like the, the only actual action scene. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that, well, She-Hulk got the got the She-Hulk and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for the most part. And then yeah, I did like uh I did like seeing seeing Wong. The fucking 
the, the thing that annoyed me was like the one chick though. I forget what her name was. Oh, oh I know. Ma- her name. Wait, Madison. Wait, wait, that's what made Madison, it passable. That's what made it passable for me. Yeah, that's what made it passable for me because I like, I liked her because she's the exact same character as Madison from Zombieland Two. If you ever saw that. No, I didn't. Okay, so no, I, I, I like that, that air air brain kind of ditzy girl archetype, but. <laughs> Here's I like it because it's funny inherently, but it's not funny in this show because I can tell because once again, it's all the writer being a self insert. The theme of this episode is what she's dating guys that only want to use her for her, her her body, for For her her strong body, for her strong woman body. Yes. And in this case, she Hulk as a form is used as a stand in for the ideal woman. So, if you notice, the stupid man is not in this episode. He's He's been the main antagonist, an incompetent man. So in this episode, where it's clearly about the dating life of the writer, who is the antagonist, in quotes, of this episode? Who's the only person with, like, let's point and laugh at them energy? It's Madison. Um, it's Madison. Oh, yeah. No. It's Madison. And what's Madison? Matt, she's a she's 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 a dumb bimbo. God damn it! Yeah, she's everything she's, a woman like the head writer would hate. Why? Yeah. Because it's the type of woman she thinks all dudes are after. She's super hot. She's drunk all the time, and she's kind of slutty. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I can't not see this shit. I mean, it's it's obvious. <laughs> it's like, that's your enemy. Incompetent men and women who you think look better than you, and thus they are your com- your competition and your enemy. So what are you going to do? Just like you this like you dress down the incompetent man, and ha-ha, you're so stupid, you're so white, you're so vain, you're blah, 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 you're a dumb man. Now it's, ha-ha, you're a dumb bimbo, ha-ha, you just drink all the time, and you're not smart, and then, 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 it's the same energy. It's like, okay, I get what this is. I get, I, I see what you're doing here, head writer. I, I understand. <laughs> oh, man. Did you see it that well, way at all, or is that just me reading too much into it? Well, I mean, in the context, like, not, not, it doesn't, I don't, honestly, I don't think about it, like, when I'm watching the show, because, like, like I said, when I watch television, when I watch shows like this, I usually take it at face value majority of the time. Like, when they're being on the nose about it, then, yeah, I see it. But then it's, like, when it's, like, subtle stuff like that, no, I don't think about it until Hmm. we're having our conversation like we are right now. Interesting. But See, um, see, for me, that's not even subtle. And I, and I think it's not subtle to me because the writer has already beat me over the head with who they are. So now I know who they are. So when I see things like that, I'm like, oh, one plus one is two. Got you. I see it. <laughs> I understand. I Just like know. in the same way that if if you were to see like uh, example, the, the first episode with She-Hulk taking her shoes off, you see her feet. I would think nothing of that in anything. But tell me it was directed by Quentin Tarantino. And now I know why that scene is in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, ah, he like feet. That's why you did it. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, you didn't know that? No, uh, uh, no, I didn't. For oh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. I mean, bro, I knew the thing about Dan Schneider having a foot fetish on Nickelodeon and fucking, like, uh, that's why our childhoods were so fucking I did weird. not know that, actually. <laughs> you, bro, that's been all over TikTok. Dan Schneider had the biggest foot fetish when he was running with Nickelodeon. He was executive producer on, like, everything. He was the, he was Mr. Oldman on the Amanda Bynes show. Hello, I'm 
this dude, you know who Dan Schneider is. Dan Schneider yeah. was was also the manager uh, in Good Burger. Oh wow. be, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but yeah, like, with for She Hulk, like, so like, I, I mean, clearly, I I disliked it far more than you. You liked some things in it. Well, what else did you like that made it a more than passable? And uh, or, or or passable. I don't know what you landed on. <laughs> like like I said, definitely definitely. Definitely the fight with She-Hulk. The the fact that like she like honestly I think it's her best fight scene where it's Man, like she everything lives. is dumb to me. <laughs> like, like even that fight, I can't even nitpick that fight. Like tell me why the okay it's She-Hulk show. That's why Wong out of everybody he would go find to help him fight demons. It'd be She-Hulk, sure, whatever. But it's like they're lassoing demons one at a time and throwing them into a portal. But then by the end of the fight, Wong can use a tornado spell and suck them all in. So why did he even have She-Hulk in the first place? <laughs> it's all stupid, Jeff. <laughs> that being said, I, I do enjoy the the Wong stuff that we got in this episode, and that he was sorcerer supreming. And I also like the scenes that he got to have with uh with Madison. And Did you like, laugh? Like, eh, I didn't I laugh mean, at any of those like, honest, Sopranos. On, those were the jokes. I mean, yeah, those were the jokes, but like, I don't know. It felt too real. It felt like like an actual like real conversation that you have with somebody like who comes in and spoils fucking a show that you're watching immediately. That's, it was. It, yeah, it felt very it felt very real. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I did like the end scene with her with her and Wong just hanging out, having drinks and talking. Oh, like that no. I mean I hated, I, I hated that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Was it cringe? Did you think it was cringe? There was no jo- I literally have my notes. I know, there Where was no joke. Where is the joke? I know, there was no jokes. What is the joke? I don't hey, know. did you see this? No, I didn't see that. You see this? No, I didn't see that. You see this? It wasn't- oh, yeah, I saw that. They were talking about drinks. They were talking uh, about drinks. Oh, I'm not- Yeah, I'm sorry. It was like, did you yeah. drink this? They no, were I haven't had that. Drinks. Have you drunk this? Yeah, I've had that. Have you drunk this? No, I haven't had that. This- There was no joke. There was yeah, literally no punchline. Fe- it felt like a real conversation with like no no punchline. You know what but- it is? It is a real conversation from a writer's room of basic ass bitches who don't actually ever have never read a comic in their lives. So all they're doing is pulling from real conversations they've had that are all boring. <laughs> they're not funny. There's no there's not a single joke. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. So what did you like about it? Like, what was what, what did you like? If it was I no think joke? It, I think it's purely the fact that it's the it's the simple dynamic that Wong is a big boy and Madison is clearly like an attractive young woman, even though she's like she's ditzy as fuck. And it's like this woman is actually giving her giving Wong the time of day to actually fucking like spend time with him and hang out with him, and he's like sorcerer supreme, so he has like very little like human connection. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't know, but. I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm just looking at you like you're crazy right now. I'm like, <laughs> am I? Am I? Am I really like? But crazy? you know what it is? It's because for me, it's it's chipping away at all of the mystique of the MCU. Mm. Like I, I get like, oh, it feels like it's a real thing, but I'm like, again, this is just normie shit. Like I don't want to think about like it even fucks up Wong's character. Like, what is he? Is he a straight man? Is he the smart one when Doctor Strange is being a goofball, or is he the goofball? Like, because in this, he's kind of like. He's, he's goofy. He's making weird suggestions like, oh, I'll throw him into a mirror dimension. I'll throw him into a dark dimension because there's this whole plot line of a fake David Blaine who I guess is a pun of Johnny Blaze because it's Donnie Blaze. I don't, I don't fucking Don, know. Don, Don, no, dude. That, 
that was a fucking ghost. I know. I that guess was it was a, a Ghost Rider reference. It was a I, Ghost Rider it's reference. Weird though. It's, they it's, are teasing us. They are literally cock teasing. But us it isn't even a tease because it, it was. It has nothing to do with Johnny Blaze other no. than just the name Donnie no. Blaze. I know, and it's literally just to fuck with us. Literally, it's just to fuck with us. Like, yeah, we're not doing Ghost Rider, so we're just gonna do that. And put that in there. Just but it's just stupid. Guys. It's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just dumb. There's there's nothing about it that is like. I don't know. Again, so for for even Wong, his character it just feels so inconsistent from how we've seen him portrayed in the movies, and it's like I don't care. Like him, why is he sitting with Madison in in Carmitage watching Netflix? How does he does he have Netflix? I I guess they did make a a Netflix or a Beyonce joke in Doctor Strange one, but it's like he's got cable, he's got streaming. I thought it was just he had like a like a headphone thing. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's at the Carmitage. I think he's actually in New York. Oh, he's in. I he's, think he's, he's staying. In the... in, I think he's staying in New York. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's I like, guess. I'm, all yeah. right. So he's in New York watching Netflix with Madison, but that's what? not building a care. It's it's making the world feel too much like our world, and yeah. that breaks the MCU. Literally. Because then it's like Megan the Stallions in the MCU. Wong is just chilling with a random girl he he met by accident. Like it's just it's made everything feel smaller, feel more <laughs> stupid, feel less connected even. And it feel I guess because it feels like such a cartoon compared to everything else. So then it makes it, it once again highlights that it's all fake. That it's you know all what bullshit. else? You know what else that I am questioning though that I'm scratching my head at. Is how the hell Johnny Blaze, the fake musician, got his hands on a Sorcerer Supreme or uh, Oh, yeah, slavery. they never even explained that. No. How did he get the they, ring? Yeah, literally, because it's like the last time we saw that, a, a ring like that, was with Ned back in Spider-Man No Way Home before the timeline got reset. He was the last person to use a sling ring like that. I also like but, that everybody can be a magician in this world. Yeah. Like, it's just so easy. Like, you just pick one up, like, ah, oh, magic. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I know I'm connecting dots here, like I always do, but it's like, what if that's the same sling ring? Because Ned clearly lost the sling ring that he had in, Spider- in Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, Unless... that was the joke. Oh, okay. So there was two jokes that made me laugh. I, I wrote it down because I was like, I know there were jokes that actually made me laugh in this one. So this is why it's barely a passable. The, uh, when Madison was on stand and, 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 Talked to like gave her her witness account of what happened to her when she got thrown to the other the other worlds, and she talks about how she got made a pact with a demon, and it was like, oh, I cannot speak about the pact with the demon. <laughs> it's like that that was funny, and there was a moment, uh, which she oh held... oh oh that thing that thing what Mephisto what? Mephisto Mephisto. You think that was a Mephisto reference? I think it was Mephisto, bro. Like no, it wasn't. I think no, it was Mephisto. No, whatever. I think it was Mephisto. Man, I'm not even getting Mephisto. Bro, anymore. I think it was Mephisto. It's like, come on, a hell dimension with demons and shit. Come on, Mephisto, Mephisto. Who cares? Who cares? Listen, listen. <laughs> if I was to cast Giancarlo Esposito as anyone in the MCU, it'd be as not. It wouldn't be as Professor X. It'd be fucking Mephisto. Why? Because he could play a really good Mephisto. I mean, probably. <laughs> he can play good at anything. But anyway, and the other joke was uh, when She-Hulk was about to fuck the guy, and like he, she goes to kiss him, and he, she spills whatever on his shirt, and he goes to change it, and she takes his shirt and just throws it away, and he comes back and he's like, where's my shirt? And she just goes, 
uh-huh. <laughs> like that that little moment was like oh, that's funny it's like uh-huh. like not if, even gonna oh, like, uh-huh. if a man did that to a woman he'd be canceled immediately i mean look this is why i'm, I'm like i don't understand how you like this because the worst part of the episode to me there were there were parts that i liked there were parts that i did like about this episode but, and but then i me, did the worst see- the worst part was the dating montage where yes. it's like the hypocrisy of using She-Hulk as a way to get a guy because she's not getting any hits as Jin, which makes no sense. It's not how self-esteem works. issues clearly. Yeah, clearly. I mean, that's again, it's the writer. It's not actually Jen Walters because Jen Walters is not ugly. She would still get hits on a fucking dating app. She would not get zero hits. But then she she goes as She-Hulk and she gets a billion hits because in, in the writer's mind, that's her being a bimbo, being a hot girl, or whatever. So she goes on all these dates, and of course, every single guy is a piece of shit. They're either they fetishize her, or they're just weirdos, or they're losers, or whatever. Until we land on the hot, the super duper model level hot guy who she the, does give the time of they day. They checked all the boxes with her dates. They literally checked all the boxes. You had the arrogant strongman in yeah. David o- in David Otunga as the first mm-hmm. one. You had the comic book nerd, and he was a fucking comic book nerd. Yep. Like you, you know, like he's the one who like know, knows all about She Hulk and shit. And it's like he's the one who is being weird. And then you had the fucking like contemporary. Our, uh, our artist artist type so literally they checked all the boxes with like every single dude that she was like dating dating with until she finally hit it with a doctor a fucking yeah a, but that a, that's what gets it's so cartoonishly stereotyped we're like those do those guys exist yeah those guys definitely do exist like i've i've actually met those guys <laughs> so i dude, know they exist the but... one thing that i hated more was this was the last guy that she dated the dude with the long hair who had like no fucking interest in her or or her being she he's on the phone like texting and shit it's like like no like no he was way. A, like he was a dick but and like this is another thing about there's no how, way you're too hot there's, there's no way a guy would be like uninterested no, bro. Well, he's, like, no way like, are you are you dead serious right now i was like i hated i hated those parts of this of the show because it's like like not not to mention he left her to pay the fucking bill and we know that <laughs> in all social conversation these days there's always the argument about who pays the bill who walks away from paying the bill because like goodness knows the thing that's being talked about nowadays at least from what i've seen is that most women go on dates to get a free meal but mm. here they did the exact opposite where it's like the guy got the free meal out of it you know so it's like well he's portrayed as like a deadbeat for well, not yeah. paying yeah, but but here's and here's but this is, I didn't like these parts, but then yeah. I hated the double standard exactly of, of the the guy she ends up picking. He's the most like it's 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 like checking the box of what a woman wants in terms of he didn't have a personality. No. The only personality he had was let me tell me about yourself. Tell me more about you. Talk about you. And what is that, Jeff? That is narcissism. Just make it all about you. Don't even you don't even have to care about me. All I am is literally he was just a pretty face. And again, these writers are bad people, Jeff. This is why I can't I, I don't I hate this show. If again, back to what do I hate more? Iron Fist or She-Hulk? I actively hate She-Hulk because She-Hulk at least Iron Fist was like benignly bad. It was bad, but it was just bad because they just weren't good writers and they didn't want to make a good story. But they weren't like, they 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 weren't diminishing Iron Fist to try and make a woman great. Or you know what I mean? They weren't like injecting any any politics into it. But here, 
it's like all of the worst parts of the human condition on full display where this woman is literally being sexist. She's literally objectifying this dude and the writers know she is. So they even put the lie in her mouth where she, again, the only times they break the fourth wall in the show are for the worst reasons and it's always done in the worst way. She turns to the camera and she's like, I mean, he's really hot, but that shouldn't matter, but it totally does. It's like, Again, imagine if that was a man talking about a woman. She's only important. She's only useful if she only cares about me. And she's got to be pretty. She's got to be nice to look at. How is that okay? And, and it's not even like an accident. The writers know it so much that they make the characters say it. No. So it's not even like it's just like, oh, she's a bad person, doesn't realize it. No, she knows she's a hypocritical bad person. It doesn't matter, though, because women empowerment means that you can be sexist to a man, and that's A-okay. And then, the, if that wasn't enough, the extra layer, layer of double standard bullshit, where then after they have sex, yep. and, the, and the next day... Yep. He comes out and he sees her not being She-Hulk anymore. And they play it as if he's shallow. As Literally. If he's Literally. The I was going I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that. If there's one thing I definitely hate about that episode is the fact that they did that. It's like this whole thing, this whole like her like Jen dating as herself and as She-Hulk, and that, oh, I, I had sex with this incredible man last night as She-Hulk, but he and I made him breakfast. But he still doesn't like me because of who I who I am as a person. He only likes She-Hulk. He didn't like me. And then it's like, <laughs> that's the message that they're trying to send is basically like, oh, all men are trash. Regar- regardless. Like, literally, it's like, no, ma- no matter what, in the dating scene, men are all fucking trash. But it's like, and then they play, and then again, it's like, they, they play it in a way where he's just like, I, I want to go. I, I'm, a, I'm just going to leave. But like, realistically, if you were in his brain from his perspective... He was catfished. He yeah. doesn't know who this person is. Yeah. He's uncomfortable. Yeah. But they don't play it like that. No. Instead, they frame it like, oh, he's a dick and he doesn't like her because she's not She-Hulk anymore. What, an, what a shallow asshole. Literally. Meanwhile, bitch, you just said how you're only with him because you're shallow. And Bare, guess what yeah. else you did? You literally became She-Hulk to get him. So why are you upset that he only wants you for She-Hulk when that's the only thing you showed him? And now you're going to spin it like you're the victim still? And then it's like, and here's the last bullet point on all the ways this is fucked up. And you know what? Talking this shit out, less than passable. I'm sorry. I'm back down. I, I try to go ahead and less than, I try to go to passable. It's back down less than passable. Because this is what I mean by like, this show is so bad, It it makes me worry about the lessons we're teaching kids because again who's the show for you're gonna say it's just for i guess middle-aged women but people will argue since it's a fun show it's just fun it's for kids a fun show should be for kids right it's a she-hulk show it's for kids right you can't tell me kids aren't watching it she-hulk was never supposed to be for kids it's not supposed to be but the fact that this is supposed to be like a fun light-hearted comedy and it's on disney plus like you know kids are watching this like don't even try and give me it's not for kids you know it's for kids what lesson did that teach little girls just fuck anybody that gives you attention at all and then don't it's not even like there was like a hard lesson at the end it was just like oh he was an asshole Oh, well, I fucked them, but moving on, because having sex with men is empowerment, ladies. If you can have sex with a man and not be attached, that's empowerment. And it's like, 
that's not empowering. You're you're setting girls up to be scarred. The girls that we encounter that have all this trauma and built up resentment towards men is because of things like this over and over and over again. And you're literally normalizing it by putting it in the kids show. And I'm just like, you guys are so tone deaf that you don't even see how problematic this shit is. And I got to be the one to call it out. And then I get called an asshole or negative or wherever the fuck for just being like, this is bad. Like it, it, this is not just like bad writing bad. It's like, it's, teaching bad values bad that's that's why it's so much worse than even an iron fist it's it's it doesn't even have lessons to teach it, it imparts bad lessons that's just where i'm at though I, <laughs> no nah, man i i feel it i i do feel i do feel that because it's like honestly the whole thing with jen like the whole the whole her whole dating process it's like i everyone knows this for a fact and I know that they're not obviously not playing off of logic, but in mo- in the modern era, men have more trouble on dating sites than women do, and that's yeah. a fact. Women should have no pro- no issue no. in 2022, freaking getting a date on a dating app because it caters to them more than anything. I don't care if anyone anyone who wants to argue with me on that, I will fucking die on that. That's hit. not even a hot take. That's just facts. Like <laughs> literally, literally. So it's like just because it's like people will argue about things being unrealistic, but like the fact that Jen is like dealing with so much trouble trying to find a man on fucking like dating apps i dude seriously that just shows how biased the writing is towards her to show that oh this is this is her her hurdle to jump that she can't find anyone who can accept her as a woman and as a strong woman basically because it's like if jen if jen was just herself in the real world in our world she would have no problem getting a fucking date again i'm I'm gonna keep saying it and I know people are going to be like, oh, you're reading too much into it. But, like, that that's why I keep saying the writer matters. Like, it's a self-insert. You're When you when you see Jen Walters' profile, you're not looking at Jen Walters. You're looking at her. <laughs> that's what she looks like. That's uh, the girl. And I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. But, yeah. like, that's her experience. That's her trying to get dates on social media and the type of guys she encounters. And because of, I'm sure she has very high, just like Jen Walters, has very high standards. And Jeff, do you think this type of person should have very high standards? Be honest. Not not the type of no. guy that Jen Walters was hooking up with. That's <laughs> the type of guy that this girl wants. That's the type of guy she's looking for. So everybody below that, in her mind, is not a catch. That's the person that is getting no hits or, or in her mind, perceived no hits compared to the, the imagined other who, in this case, is illustrated in the writing as the hot, drunk bimbo. Like that's that bro it all <laughs> it all connects when you really think about it Nah, yo and honestly like we talked about this earlier too because it's like what because like literally it's like the two two common denominators one one common denominator i see between she hulk and rings of power is the fact that you have these strong women these strong wild men Wham. and they and they have these golden these like golden retriever energy of supporting men like it's it's that doctor in she hulk and then mm. with galandriel to an extent, it's fucking uh, Halbrand and Elrond. Elrond. Yeah. It's, it's people that just like benignly accept their bad qualities. 
Literally. And they just go with it. Or or even um the the lawyer uh uh, uh what's his name? Oh that, fuck uh, Prometheus. Fucking, uh, Oh, oh God! Um, shoot, I forget his name. I forget his name in here. I I can only call him Adrian Chase. I don't, yeah, Adrian Chase. I, I, I remember his I name. I can either. only call him Adrian Chase. But it's like that that bland, boring, like non-threatening guy. Yeah. That passes. But that's submissive. the thing. He was like, I can't not see Adrian Chase when I look at him. It's like I know what you're capable of. I'm waiting for you to do something. Oh my God! He's not. I mean, I mean, it also. Oh my God! Is there you know any I- doubt in your mind that Abomination that wasn't a play? It, that's just who he is now. That's not. <laughs> they are. They are. They are pacifying all of the freaking like strong, strong male characters in the MCU. Like they've basically pacified all the Hulks. What were you gonna so, say? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Um, shoot. What was I? What was I gonna say? Um, we were talking. Oh, you about, said. You said. Oh my God. So. Oh yeah. What if Adrian Chase is gonna be Frog Boy? Oh. Yeah. Okay. I just at, realized we're just at still least waiting. that. Something they'll do something with him. That's what I mean. Because it's like, why would they just stick him in there? Because it's like he's a good actor and he's played comic book character characters before. But it's like, so it's like, so they'll make him a joke. Like, is that better to you? Like, (laughs) no, it's not. I'm thinking about though, because like I know Frog Boy is supposed to make an appearance at some point in the show. So I'm like, Uh, oh god, is he gonna be Frog Boy? God, I hope not. Daredevil. No, Maddie, don't come back. Maddie, don't come. Don't come. Go back to Hell's Kitchen. You deserve better than this. You want to talk about predictions, man? I'm going to say it again. There's going to be a moment where he's a better, or she's a better lawyer than him, or she's just better at something, and he's like, man, you sure are awesome. Wow, you're a really great lawyer. Or, wow, you know, you should be a superhero. You do this better than I do. Or, you know what I mean? It's going to be, It's you know it. You know it. There's no self, way. Self, the self-serving narrative. Yeah, because it keeps talking about how it's gonna be more comedy with Daredevil, but I'm like, they haven't done comedy at all. I don't. Really. I don't want funny Daredevil. I don't fucking want funny Daredevil. I, I'm okay with funny Daredevil if it's funny, but judging from the writing we've gotten so far, I don't think he'll be funny. <laughs> I hope he is. Listen, but, I mm. want my bloody fucking Matt Murdock back. God damn it! No, bro, you're not gonna get it in this show. Oh, is that everything? Have we talked about everything? That's everything. Let's get out of She-Hulk. Let's talk about some D23 news and get out of here. Oh, baby. So we actually got a little, we got a little bit of news from D23 that we can definitely talk about. Uh, I'm going to go from like the least relevant thing to like the most relevant thing that we can talk about. All right. Uh, all right. So the raise report. Yes. Well, welcome to the raise report, ladies and gentlemen. So today, so mostly, yeah, we're going to be talking about D23 news today. Um, first thing I'm going to say, since we're speaking about Daredevil, um, apparently it was announced that um, in the upcoming Echo series, I know how much a fan <sighs> Jordan is of Echo. Um, <laughs> According to according to this, according to sources, Vincent D'Onofrio will be coming back as the Kingpin in the Echo series. So I guess he's not dead um, after oh, the sweet. after the events of uh, of Hawkeye. Spoiler alert! Um, so he literally came back in the very last episode of Hawkeye last season, and basically it was setting up Echo's arc into the Echo show. So it looks like he's actually going to be coming back. Um, so. What I know about his arc in the comic books, he actually was blind for a while and like he had bandages over his eyes. So I think that they're going for something like that, possibly in this Echo series. Um, either it was, but 
too early to, to, to speculate. That's just my early speculation on that. Um, after that, you might, this might make you feel better. So Matt Shackman, uh, who was, who was on WandaVision is confirmed to be the director for Fantastic Four. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. One, I mean, one division was good. Like, yeah, no, I get, I get, it was, yeah, I liked it, but like, I, it was like a sitcom style show. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine that juxtaposed. I mean, but it's, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I need been, to be familiar with there, more of his work to care either way. I mean, because here, here's what I'm thinking. Because it's like people have been speculating and people have been theorizing that possibly the Fantastic Four could be like a time set piece that it could be p- taking place like, um. In the 60s, 70s, something Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometime, sometime during that era, which honestly, uh, with a name like the Fantastic Four, I wouldn't be surprised. And that actually makes um, it makes it makes the universe a little bit more diverse in that way, I think, if they did go in that direction. Yeah. So so if they did get Matt Shackman, who did work on WandaVision, I would assume that they're probably going for like those set pieces, and that's why he's getting the job okay. for, for um, Fantastic I'm, Four. I'm... I don't know. It's hard to be excited about Marvel news these days until I see something concrete. Like it, there used to be a time where like I would hear stuff like like the director announcements and shit like that. I'd be like, oh my god, I can't wait. But like they've burned me too many times. So now I'm just like, all right, I gotta see it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't man. care until I see it. <laughs> all right. So last piece, last piece of Marvel news from D23. Um, they finally announced that they're going to be doing Thunderbolts in the next two years. Yeah. And- How do you feel? Uh, honestly, honestly, it's not the Thunderbolts lineup that I was hoping for, but I can't say that I don't like what they're planning. Cause I think they got right now, um, they got Bucky coming in. Well, here's the thing that bothers me. Yeah, got, it was, it was Bucky. It was, it, uh, black, the new black widow. Um, uh, yeah. Yelena, Yelena, yeah, Taskmaster, Taskmaster, Red Guardian. Yes. And, um, um U.S. agent. Oh, and U.S. agent. Yeah. U, U.S. agent is there. And, and Winter Soldier. Uh, Winter Soldier and Ghost. Ghost is oh, there right. too. Oh right, Ghost. Yeah, Man. Ghost is there from Ant Man and the Wasp. So it's a it's a little bit of a menagerie. They're definitely going for like a so a many Mar- bad villains. <laughs> <laughs> they are definitely going for like a Marvel Suicide Squad type of feel for this. But honestly, I think that I'm I, I think I'm gonna enjoy this because it's like I like the characters that they have lined up. The only thing that bothers me no is Zemo. What? No Zemo. Uh, they haven't announced Zemo yet. They no, probably... no, I mean that, that wasn't what was bothering. I thought that was what you were gonna say. No, no, no. I was gonna oh. say. I was gonna say. Um, I, I, I. Shoot! Now I lost my. Now I lost my. Train oh, sorry. <laughs> Crap. I was expecting an entirely different lineup, but honestly, the only familiarity I have with the Thunderbolts was like when it was like the all red team. When it was Punisher, U.S. Agent, Red Hulk, Elektra, Deadpool, Punisher. Those were the Thunderbolts to me. But I know that the Thunderbolts had like an entire like. It, it, like a completely different lineup like from its inception and onward kind of like the suicide squad but yeah the, the characters you named are also the only characters i knew like red hulk yeah uh, i thought that like and zemo I, I i specifically knew zemo was the one in charge of the thunderbolts i forgot if so zemo, the fact that yeah. zemo's not the leader and instead they made it uh the new black widow i'm like i mean that could be okay but it's they didn't explain why she's still working for the Hydra chick when clearly she lied to her about what happened with Clint 
I don't. Natasha? Yeah, yeah. They didn't resolve that yet. They didn't resolve that yet. So they probably are going to resolve that uh, in Thunderbolts film, or maybe even before that. I don't know. I mean, and then they um, said the Black Widow's the leader, and I'm just like, of did they? Yeah, did they, they did. say Yelena's Yelena's yeah. the leader of Thunderbolts? Leader. Here's the thing that's weird for me. There's literally like three Captain America archetypes in the Thunderbolts right now. You got U.S. Agent. You got Bucky, who should be Captain America, but Sam's Captain America right now. But technically, Bucky could have been Captain America. And then you also got Red Guardian. So you literally have three. Oh yeah. You wow. literally have three Captain America contemporaries in the Thunderbolts right now. So it's kind of weird for me because honestly, I was hoping for like a Dark Avengers type of thing with this with this with this crew uh, before that they were announcing the Thunderbolts because it's like. The, the the Dark Avengers were like slowly being set up. I mean, I guess they're never gonna do Bucky as Cap because racism, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but like, in a world where they didn't make Bucky Cap first, I, I mean, I, I get it'll always be the argument of like, oh, why not a female lead? But I'm just like, why Yelena? Like, of all the characters to make the leader. I'm like, why not Bucky? Like this, this could be like the first step of him leading an Avengers-style team, but nah. Instead, we got to make a girl character the leader because girls always in charge now. <laughs> like it's just that's the rule. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well. And again, I'm like, I hate even having to say it because it's like, oh, is everything to be girls and boys? But it's like, kinda. That's what Disney's doing. Disney's always putting the focus on female characters now, and I'm like, I can't ignore it. So to me, it's. The fact that Zemo was the comic book leader of the Thunderbolts, and they specifically chose Yelena, a new character, to be the head of Thunderbolts, it's like, other than she's a girl, why make her the leader? It's not even like she has, like, the emotional, like, tether that a character yeah. like Bucky would have. Like, you know, in terms of, like, a main character for a series, if you want to, I guess, put more spotlight on Yelena in the future, sure, but, like, why not put more of that investment in Bucky's character but whatever yeah I don't know maybe they will because it's like honestly um, it's probably gonna be like a um, uh, not an entourage not the right word an ensemble yeah. an ensemble, ensemble yeah, yeah 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 I was gonna say I'm actually looking forward to seeing Bucky's dynamic with Red Guardian because clearly they were both a part of, part of the wars they were mm, in so I feel yeah. I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the banter will be hilarious yeah that honestly I'm looking forward to seeing that dynamic yeah. in the Thunderbolts film when it does come out you see, you know Captain America does he yeah. ever talk about me like <laughs> he'll be like what no yeah, who are you literally <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to that dynamic between Sebastian Stan and David Harbour I think that's gonna be fucking gold yeah. but I think eventually eventually um the ensemble will change if the the first one does good and they decide to do a second movie after that. They can make it an entirely like. Wait, you is know, it a movie, not a series? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a. I think it's gonna be a movie. Yeah, really? I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it'll definitely do way better as a movie than it will as a film. I think they'd be stupid not to make the Thunderbolts an actual film to compete with like Suicide Squad and of course even just like you know have something else uh, as an alternative to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not. I think James Gunn is gonna be attached, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but if he is, it's gonna be freaking awesome, man. But uh, but yeah, and then aside from that, Val's involved, and Val's like a nothing character basically. That's the Hydra chick. So yeah. I'm kind of eager to see if, because technically she was supposed to be the one that's assembling the Thunderbolts. So I'm wondering if Nemo will play a bigger or Zemo will play a bigger part 
in uh, the Thunderbolts film, which I'm hoping for. Probably like do something so he set up so it's like okay, I am in charge. You said that was the last of the MCU MCU news. You don't want to talk about uh the or is it trailer talk? Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, but what about Captain America? That they announced that too. Oh yeah, New World New World Order is gonna be like Fucking the la- racist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Um yeah, that's supposed to be like the last big film of of phase of phase 5. So that that's that's got a lot riding on it right now. That's put, like it's supposed to be like this big this big epic climactic like mid-season type of thing. So I actually didn't hear anything about New World Order. I mean, yet. they Just, announced that uh that Falcon his friend the Hispanic guy is going to be the new Falcon, like he's in the comics. Oh, yeah. Isaiah Bradley is going to be in it, and the, they're bringing back the leader from Incredible Hulk. Oh, okay. I, I, I just hope, like, with a name like the leader, and it's a black Captain America. Oh, geez. I just, I just really, I just, I. You black see where I'm going with that, right? You see where I'm going? Story, black and white storytelling. I mean, and, yeah, it's called I, New World Order. It's very, it's very, very. Uh, they also announced uh, what looks like a Israeli Black Widow. I, I don't know who she is in the comics, but she's just a, a, a Israel. No, you, know, you know, you know how they do now. It's a Israeli superhero in cast. It's mm-hmm. they put that on Front Street now instead of like the characters really matter. It's that she's Israeli. That's the important part. You know what else is like that's actually caught my intrigue is this Taskmaster because technically. Wasn't Taskmaster revealed to be a woman in the Black Widow film, and then yeah, and brainwashed. So, so uh, yeah, because they fucked up Taskmaster real so bad. I'm, I'm wondering if like they're gonna do something different with this Taskmaster. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if they actually like do it proper this time, that would be that would be that'd be lovely. Um, but yeah, that's that's all the MC MC new. MCU news that we got from D23 and then uh my last bit uh it's actually Star Wars related. We haven't talked about Star Wars in What? A minute. You didn't talk yeah. what the did you see the uh the werewolf trailer? No, I didn't see oh, the werewolf trailer. Oh, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. They're doing no. like a MCU mini series in October, so it's coming out soon. Oh wow. And I've never heard of it. Like I don't know what this property is, but Man Thing is in it, and it's like it looks kind of like a MCU black and white horror show. Man Thing, yeah, that is a name I have not heard in a long time. Exactly, it looks yeah. pretty different. I mean, I, you can check out the trailer after the podcast is over, but it looks it's like a horror a horror show of the MCU. It might be amazing or it might be terrible. I don't know, but I it looks different like though. It's black and this, white. You know what? Because now I'm like having flashbacks, to, like when we heard about DC Swamp Thing and how like Swamp Thing only got like one. Did you ever watch that? I heard it was good. I never watched nah, it. No, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I Same. just knew I knew it was out, and like I heard it was good, but then they decided to cancel it for yeah. unknown reasons. Yeah, I, I decided was, not to. I think it was I think it was budgetary reasons because apparently they put a lot of budget into that show at the time. Yeah. All right. So well, trailers. Uh yeah, trailers. Uh, I didn't get to see it myself, but apparently the the there was a new Andor trailer that got released at D twenty three. I saw it. How was that? Uh, honestly, Andor surprisingly like has the best cinematography out of like all of the Disney Plus Star Wars shows so far I've seen. That's because they're not using the volume. That's why they like they did the they did the New Zealand thing. They're doing the Lord of the Rings thing where they're using like actual yeah yeah because every other Star Wars property Obi Wan Kenobi Boba Fett Mandalorian they've all used the volume for for all for all of their filmmaking to get all their scenery. Yeah, it's noticeably different. Like it it actually looks like a movie. So like if nothing else, at least it looks good. 
Yeah. So hopefully it's, but it's not. Hopefully it's not like Rings of Power and just looks good. <laughs> no, um, honest. Uh, so I was actually thinking about this the past couple of days, and I really wasn't because it's like Andor's kind of just been like not on my radar lately. And okay. I know that's going to be like a Rogue One esque type of story where it's like it's all going to be war on the ground. But I kept on thinking back to Kenobi and how they name drop Quinlan Vos, and I'm like, maybe if they had to put a Jedi in here, maybe it would be Quinlan Vos. So I'm kind of hoping. It's just my little. It's like, it's both a theory and a and my like. I'm hoping that maybe if they have at least like one Jedi character in this, it'll be Quinlan Boss. Just as a payoff for Kenobi. Mm. Yeah. But then aside from that, we also got uh, the Mandalorian season three uh, teaser trailer, which I did, which I did see. Um, I'm actually really looking forward. To Mando season three, it looks fucking hype. Oh my god, dude! But wouldn't it be better? Like this is like the again, fuck Boba Fett, bro. Because like, no, shut the fuck up. You only say fuck Boba Fett because it has the same problems as She Hulk. It's the writers. It's the fucking writers and how they wanted to tell the story with Boba Fett, and they basically passed. They have all the same problems. They pacified Boba Fett the way that they pacified Hulk. It's no, the no, same for sure. Fucking I'm, problem. But, I'm, I'm but saying, do not say Boba. F- do not say fuck Boba Fett because none of this is Boba Fett's fault. Well, it's not Tem's fault. It's you not know his fault. I was gonna fault. say I wasn't gonna talk about Boba Fett specifically. I'm saying fuck Boba Fett the show in terms of specifically adding the Mandalorian storyline to yeah. Boba Fett. Literally, like because when you watch, like think about if we didn't get the Mandalorian at all in Boba Fett, we would still be living in a world where we don't know how Yoda or Baby Yoda and Mando get back together. Like it's so weird to me that the big cliffhanger at the end of season two was Baby Yoda going away, Grogu going away with Luke, and season three starts with they're already back together. Nope. <laughs> it's like what was the nope. point? Dude, what was the- <laughs> I'm pissed that Boba Fett literally lost two of his own episodes for Mandalorian character development for fucking 2.5 bullshit when it's like they could have released that at any time. That could have like, been the beginning of season three. Like, we didn't have to have a whole... Like, you ruined the finale of season two. But whatever. It's a small nitpick, but it's just like... It's so nah, weird. Bro, to, that's it's just my, bad marketing. No, I, have big, I have the biggest gripe with the book of Boba Fett and Mando and, and Disney doing that to Boba in his own fucking show. It's like they will go and give She-Hulk all of this time and energy and focus on her. But then when Boba Fett comes out, who's literally supposed to be one of the biggest badasses in Star Wars history... And I don't give a fuck if anyone wants to argue with me on this and yeah. say like, oh, that was good for his character development. No, bullshit. They fucking pacified him. They made him a fucking pacifist and they basically made him look weak in his own fucking show. You, you and know I'm still is? pissed about it to this day. I, I I agree. But you know what it is? It's, it's, it's not even just that it's bad storytelling. It's, it's the new insidious Disney marketing strategy where they're for, it's like with Marvel and they're forcing you to watch the Disney Plus shows to to know what's happening in the movies. They did the same thing with Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian, where to know what the fuck happened with Baby Yoda from season two to beginning of season three, you have to watch Book of Boba Fett. And it's just Literally. it's just bad bad you're you're breaking the storytelling for the sake of marketing. And it's like, ugh. Get the whoever the marketers are, get your dick out of the fucking storytelling, cause you're you're fucking shit up. All right, you're Literally. you're mixing things that shouldn't be mixed for the sake of just trying to drive more numbers when Mandalorian didn't even need it. Like you know, it's not like we, it's not like no. it's like <laughs> I 
I guess it's not. It wasn't for Mandalorian. Actually, it was actually for Boba Fett. It was. It was to drive up Boba Fett numbers to force us to watch Boba Fett. Like whatever. But yeah. But the. They, but that it, being it, said, the trailer it for, was done for, intentionally, and I see everything. The shit that you're seeing. Oh, this you see. Yes, <laughs> this is yes, obvious. Yes, <laughs> Unlike She-Hulk. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. I, I said it. Freaking no, nah, dude. It's like it's so blatantly done. Like you know what? I'm gonna hold off. When when we get to talking about, when we get to our Star Wars episode, then I'll go on a tangent about how much I I hate the book. Yeah, save that right for now. the like, for yeah that. I will. But we, yeah, I would I just say we're... for this the trailer though it's fucking hype. Like the fact yes. that now it's about the other Mandalorians and the yeah. fact that his cult like the it's like it was like almost like perfectly built up to where like yes. we got hints of the cult being like so strict and and and. And it's like, how does that relate to the Mandalorians we know about? And how how does those how do those two cultures coincide? And apparently they don't. They fucked up Mandalorian culture, apparently. And now it's like a Mandalorian culture war happening. And now we got the Darksaber stuff. And who's gonna be the king of Mandalore? And it's it's epic. Now well, it's you, like we're building to this epic Mandalorian war type of thing. Well, you understand how the entire timeline works for the Mandos right now, right? Uh, more or less, yeah. Yeah, because I was gonna say basically. We can get into that later. I, I yeah, just want to wrap yeah. up the 23 yeah, talk. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah. we've So, yeah, that's basically everything. We've covered everything for the most part from D23. And then, yeah, I can't. God, how many shows did we talk about this episode? A we've never. Lot. Yeah. We oh, we won. didn't talk about. Again, you fucking racist. There's two trailers we missed. Uh, both both coincidentally black. Huh. Okay. Weird coincidence, Jeff. We didn't talk about Captain America New World Order because black. And we didn't talk about Little Mermaid or Secret Invasion because black racist i'm just I'm joking <laughs> but yeah the trailers for uh secret invasion I, know, I guess you didn't see it no i didn't see it i didn't know that oh, secret, that, shit. That's, yeah, I didn't a secret know. invasion trailer and uh wow. little mermaid oh god yeah because i literally like i was like looking up articles about the shit that came out in d23 but i have not uh, I, okay I've only, yeah i've only seen a handful of the trailers that came out from d23 Okay, maybe we'll put a pin in it then and talk about that yeah. next week. But it was, Word. it's it's a very Nick. Fury, I guess it's a Nick Fury. I guess it is a Nick Fury series. But like, for me as a comic book fan, who did read Secret Invasion, it's such like an Avengers level threat in the comics. For it to be a solo Nick Fury story, I'm just like how. And then also you're working off of the Captain Marvel movie where you made the Skrulls, who were the main villains of Secret Invasion, into like they were a joke in Captain Marvel. So you got to go from them being jokes to being a serious threat. Like it's it's gonna be interesting. Like, the trailer was good. Don't get me wrong, I actually like the trailer. But it's just like it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle that. And yeah, fuck yeah, Samuel Jackson's got his own show, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Little Mermaid, I mean, <sighs> the Disney live action remakes have been pretty consistently bad. I, I'm trying to think of one I liked. Jungle Book. Jungle uh, Book yes. Jungle that, Book that's the one. only one. I think Jungle Book is probably the only one I think was better than the original. Jung- Jungle Book was good um, to an extent. I do. Beauty like and Beauty. the Beast was okay. Yeah. yeah I like yeah, Beauty yeah, and the yeah. Beast. Yeah. I always like Beauty and the Beast. I always like that story. I just hate that, like, they literally, when that film came out, they doubled down on the Stockholm Syndrome shit between Belle and fucking Beast. And I'm just like, dude. It's yeah. Like, y'all you know, st- they, were talk- they were talking about it back then, and they're talking about it now. And it's it's fucking ridiculous. How about we talk about the fact that she likes 
fucking dog people. <laughs> like, uh, how about that? How about we start there rather than be like, Listen, Jordan, it's a story about self-acceptance and nah. seeing beauty on the inside, mm. regardless if he is a man mm. or is a beast, because at the end of the day, the beast was a man, okay? It is not mm. his fault that he was cursed with his ugly deformity. How mm. dare you, sir? Nah, Why she... are you beast-shaming? Nah, she, she wanted that beast dick. She's bestiality. <laughs> That's bestiality, bro. <laughs> she... she... I mean, to keep it real. I mean, this is like, it's 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 related, but it's not. Did you do you know that women actually find the beast more attractive than the prince version of the beast? This is not like this is not like a like a, a small thing. This is like a universal fact that women find the beast version, of, and not the live action version, the 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 animated version. People actually think the human version of beast is less attractive than the beast version let's talk about that let's talk about how <laughs> people want to fuck a beast <laughs> what's up with that i played the fifth all right and on that I'm note gonna, <laughs> i'm gonna walk away now that's the end of the podcast <laughs> that's the end of the f- i'm done all right i'm out jeff couldn't handle beast i heard enough right. <laughs> oh god all right well that's this we said episode of blurred vision I've been your host, Jordan, with Jeffrey Rays, and we will see you guys next time. Next week, baby, with more Cobra Kai. Fuck everything else. Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai! Later, guys. Adult classes are on Wednesday. We're not here to take a lesson. We're here to teach you one.